for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg. says to me all the time good morning here we are in another beautiful saturday afternoon as i see the snowflakes coming down here in oakville they're piling up quickly you're one of the fortunate ones that is aware of canada's largest automotive radio show here we've been broadcasting for about 13 years and now our new home is tsn 1050 and this show goes across the country we are canada's car business best kept secret everybody listens to the carrasco show talking about the trends talking about ideas discussing the car industry at large and uh, today's show is about you it's just you and nobody else the most important person in your life is you the number to call is 416-870-1050 and whatever you want to talk about today specifically cars because there is is my areas of studies but whatever you want to talk about today the number is 416-870-1050, and if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876, and uh, you are listening to Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars. How are you, Ken? I'm doing well this morning, Greg. I am actually a bit fired up, to be honest. Had a good weekend. <laughs> We're already getting some interaction here on the phone line, so that bodes well, for, good, our, uh, that bodes well for today. But I know in the past, I brought up uh, a couple of weeks ago that my home situation wasn't going the best. I was having some difficulty okay. going on with uh, some roommates that I was living with, some disagreements. And Greg, I've mm -hmm. got some excellent news. They have left the house. <laughs> They are gone. They yes, moved out. Me. It's all over. It's now just myself, my girlfriend, and a one other person, and we're just so happy. <laughs> it is such a relief. I just, I just feel like a relief off my chest. I'm so happy for you, man. I, there is nothing. There's nothing more than just getting rid of, you know, something that was weighing on you as much as this was weighing on you. Because ever since I've known you, really, you've been dealing with this conflict at home. And, you know, if your home is not your safe haven, you know, it's, uh, if your home is not the place that you go and you can be safe and you and you're at peace with the world when you walk into your little castle there, man, that's that's the recipe for disaster. Well, I didn't how realize... How did you manage to get these people out of your house? I didn't realize how much it was weighing on me until they left, to be honest. For the last probably two or three months, I've just been living with this burden where it's like I didn't even want to go home. I didn't even want to go into my own house. So, yeah, eventually we just came to an agreement. Well, they didn't really, but that February 1st would be the day that they were going to go. 
And yeah, that was uh, that was basically it. Last Saturday, they came back, cleared out the rest of their stuff, and I think that both parties weren't necessarily happy. So ultimately, it made sense to just come to the come to that mutual agreement that it was time for them to go. And yeah, that's it's it's over. And I just feel so relieved. I can't even express how much relief I feel. And I'm relieved for I'm myself. So I'm relieved for, for my partner. I'm really truly happy for you. I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. And uh, you know, once you've you know, if you're working at a job for too long and, you know, it's just weighing on you or, you know, you, you've been hanging on to something for a long time. You know, it's, it's interesting what happens because, you know, when separations like this take place, only two things could happen in your mind. One is like you feel so unbelievably relieved that something is just like finally put aside or you realize how much you miss something when they're not there, you know? Yeah, but yeah, in, that's in, true. In the case of a roommate for you, it was just hell. I mean, you were telling me this off air and I couldn't possibly, uh, you know, put myself into that position. I don't have that kind of tolerance. I don't. No, well, luckily, <laughs> I suppose uh, you have a different thing. You've got, the, you've got some kids that are running around, so it's a little bit of a different situation, but no, oh, actually, I can just no, take a deep I, breath. I, 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 I live by myself, believe it or not. All, you know, it's only uh, Marcus, my only kid in the house. Yeah, true. You know, I, I, I hope that that situa situation changes in the near future. But uh, no, man, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't understand that. I, if, you know, having a roommate in the house and you completely despise is like, what? Yeah, well, it wasn't <laughs> the best. All right. We got some phones uh, lined up here, so let's get these things okay, cooking. Let's, let's go to Frank from Toronto. Frank, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Oh, Frank. hi, Greg. Well, hey, I'm getting nervous you, here. <laughs> Don't be, man. I, I, the only thing I need to know is that how can I make your life better today, Frank? Talk to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I made some money lately in the stock market, okay? And I want to buy. Whew. Don't ask me yeah. why. I love the Toyota 4Runner. Not new. Used one. Okay. What do you think of that vehicle? Well, the Toyota 4Runner is arguably one of the best SUVs in the history of the world. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you what I think about it, I don't know what else will. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, Toyota and their infinite arrogance have jacked up their prices to the point that it's making it almost unreachable, unreachable for the regular consumer. But I know. That, is no, that is no reflection on the quality and uh, reliability and, and just amazing performance of the product. Now, if you're uh -huh. looking to get your, you know, blood boiling, you know, Toyota is not your company. But... If you're looking uh -huh. for a tank, for something that's going to last you for the next 20 years, that Forerunner is quite possibly un unbreakable. What made you yeah. decide on the Forerunner? I like the look of it, and I'm tired of driving a Golf because it's so small. I, w I just want to be safer on the road. Well, <clears throat> safety, safety is, um, you know, is, is really a state of mind. I mean, every, every vehicle has the pros and cons when it comes to safety on the road. Um, you know, will, will the Forerunner give you more metal around you? Sure, but I mean, it all yeah. has to do with the way that you drive your vehicle and if you have snow tires. You know, it's, it's amazing to me how many people today are still driving around with summer or all-season tires. I don't get oh, it. No. I don't get it. Are you planning to get snow me. tires got, on your Forerunner? I got good tires on my, on my Volkswagen. So, uh, yeah. but the prices are like 38000 uh, 42000 For what Am year, I though? Pardon me? For what year? 2017, 2018. Yeah, no, you're not overpaying. I mean, you, you see, you got to remember something, that uh, price is not set by the dealership. Price is set by the people and how much people are willing uh -huh. to pay. And this is one of the biggest issues that we have with uh, when you go to 
uh, trading platforms or selling platforms like car gurus or auto trader and whatnot because uh -huh. people go there and ask whatever they want for their cars but the truth is that that only reflects what people want to get for that it doesn't right. reflect what people will pay for that so you know a, a person like yourself you you will make the decision no that's too much and you just won't buy it and that ultimately in in a free in a, in a true free market that should be the only currency that uh, you know retailers should have which is the will of the consumer to spend what you're right. asking for the product so if you can justify it in your mind that you want to pay thirty-eight, thirty-nine thousand dollars for a 2017 forerunner and you think that that's reasonable then by uh -huh. all means, the vehicle is worth that. But what yeah. I can tell you is this. If you ask me, you know, from, from in a holistic sense, what do I think of the forerunner? Is buying a forerunner a good decision? I would say absolutely, man. That's a okay. nice vehicle. Okay. Yeah. I met a guy in underground parking at Loblaws, and, he's, and he said <laughs> he's had three of them. He's had three of them, and he swears yeah. by them. So he kind of sold me on it. I have never driven one, but I'm going to check it out a little further. I appreciate the time. Yeah, I, I would be careful with meeting people in underground parking lots at Walt Loss. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this guy wasn't too bad. He just had a couple of uh, you know a couple of scars on his on his head on on his, on his face. That's great. <laughs> well, listen. Good luck with the shopping, and, thanks, and once thanks. you settle I, in, the, I love you. One... I love your show, by the way. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, brother. Man, good luck with your forerunner purchase, man. I, I, I don't know it. if I want to be getting my car advice from you know some scarred up dude in an underground I love those underground parking lot. I got to be honest, like I was with Frank the whole way in the underderground parking lot at Loblaws. <laughs> the guy said he's owned three four hunters. That's oh, no, <laughs> that was that was it for me. I was like, oh well, I don't know about uh, that. The, uh, do we have a, a caller list here on the? Uh, oh, there it is. So we yes, have we do. Peter that from. Mississauga. So, you know, Pe so Peter from Mississauga actually didn't want to come on the air. He just called and mm -hmm. wanted to propose a question, which uh, our technical producer Ben has. So Ben, what was Peter's question? Yeah. So first off, hell of a start with the underground parking lots at Loblaws. <laughs> you always love to hear about that <laughs> on a Saturday I love morning. It, I love it. Anyway, uh, so Peter, or sorry, yes, Peter from Mississauga called in. Um, couldn't come on the line because he's at work, but um, he wanted to ask what's happening with the Nissan GTR. What what do you mean? What's happening with the Nissan GTR? Unfortunately, like in that's, general, that's all. He, that's all you ask. Yeah, Peter, you need to elaborate a little bit more. And the Nissan GTR is a bit of an institution. Uh, I haven't heard anything when it comes to a redesign, uh, an improvement of performance. I mean, there is only so much that you can do to that vehicle um, because wh whoever drives a GTR knows something that the general population doesn't, and those who know know that the Nissan GTR is. By far, I mean, there's not even a second, you know, close on this. Um, the best and least expensive performance under half a million bucks. There is no vehicle that's faster on, on, around uh, for, for that kind of money that Nissan is asking for the GTR to the point that it's almost ridiculous. I don't know how they can get away with uh, giving you that sort of horsepower, that sort of zero to 60 or zero to 100 here in Canada for the kind of money that Nissan is asking for the Nissan GTR. I mean, I have... Um, an orange one in the showroom in 2021 and uh, it's just delicious to look at now it doesn't have the classical smooth you know art like lines of a ferrari or even a lamborghini um but the actual performance of that machine have you ever driven a, a gtr ken or have you ever been inside one certainly not <laughs> it's a little bit above my price range uh, uh, the, now correct me if i'm wrong greg <clears throat> but the gtr was the evolution of the skyline correct 
yeah, it, it, here it's called the GTR, but in Japan it's called the Skyline. Okay, yeah, um, I was yeah. I was always a big fan of that, and you know, call it for call it for what it is. It was after I believe it was uh, the second Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. When he's driving the Nissan Skyline, just whipping it all around with the blue neon lights underneath. When I was uh, like 13, 14 years old, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I've been a fan of the car from afar, but uh, never never driven one, never been in one. You know, I, I, I'm i not a fan of the Fast and the Furious um, you know, franchise, but uh, I can only assume that what you're talking about is the R34, which is the previous generation that we have right now is the R35. The R34 is the one that won all the awards and, uh, you know, did a lot of good things in the rally series. But uh, uh, the R35, when it first came out back in 2008, um, I, I was working at 401 Dixon Nissan at the time. And when the vehicle was released, nobody but the general manager of every store that was allowed to sell the vehicle, because not every store was a GTR store. Uh, only the general manager was allowed to sell the vehicle. And um, one, of, one of the highlights of my career uh, Ken was that Nissan Canada took all the people that were allowed to sell this vehicle down to Vegas and they they trained us on how to drive the vehicle at the Vegas Speedway. So I was able to drive a GTR at 160 miles an hour at the Vegas Speedway. <laughs> and, oh uh, man. Uh, uh, you know, when, what was the uh, adrenaline like being in the driver's seat for that? You know, the world kind of slows down and then it speeds up the moment that you you just get out of the vehicle especially when you when you try the launch control i've never done uh, i've never launched the vehicle here in, in canada uh, on regular streets i've never done it uh, but i did it at a racetrack in vegas where i was allowed and i had the breath and you know enough road for me to carry on and just keep going with this thing but um you know when when you put it on the full load with all the procedures to engage the launch control you're talking about zero to 100 kilometers an hour and in just under 2.8 seconds which is 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 absurd Ooh, yeah that's absolutely unreal uh, i've never driven anything with uh, that sort of power it's it's unbelievable you know i'm gonna make you a promise i'm gonna make you a promise that if i'm lucky enough to uh, you know to have access to a gtr this summer uh you and ben can come down to the store and I am going to take you for a boot on a GTR, and your mind is going to get blown. Yes, guy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. That sounds awesome, Greg, and I'm looking you know, forward to it. I, uh, I, and I keep my promises. So, you know, when I, when I promise something, I keep it. My word is all I got. You know, folks, if you, um, if you have any questions about the car industry in general, if you have a question about buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, anything that has to do with a vehicle, uh, it is your obligation to call the show. The number here is 416-870-1050. And uh, if you're calling from out of town, it's one 591 6876 But I don't want you to forget, folks, that this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And there was a bunch of different things that are happening during the month of February. The, the first one is this. If you have a Nissan right now, if you're driving around the city with, in a Nissan, and you have up to 18 months left in your lease, we can pull you out. We call this leases interruptus. And that is when we voluntar voluntarily help you pull out early on your lease. You need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan, and we will make this possible for you. Folks, stay tuned. The number to call is 416-870-1050. You can ask whatever you want. We'll be right back after the break. I met a guy in the underground parking at Loblaws, and he's... And he said, he's had three of them. He's had three of them. 
and he swears by them. So he kind of sold me on it. I have never driven one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the the Carrasco show does not condone <laughs> you meeting people at a Loblaws parking lot. Uh, especially if they have scars on their face. <laughs> Maybe he was buying a set of speakers. What do you think, Ken? <sighs> Who knows? I mean, it's it's kind of funny because we always talk about when you're doing these car dealers, or car deals, especially if you're buying from a private seller. And I know this uh, caller in particular was just talking about advice based off of uh, the fact that this guy had owned some Toyota 4Runners in the past. But we always say, if you know, if you're doing a private sale, like go to the police station, which is quite opposite of the underground parking lot at Loblaws. Yeah, not a lot of good things. Well, depends. <laughs> not a lot of good things happen. It depends on the Loblaws, too. It depends on the Loblaws. Yeah, sometimes they, got, sure. sometimes they got some stuff going on down there. They got a Joe Fresh. You know, you get get some frozen pizzas, get a new white T-shirt. You know, you're good to go. Some flowers for your Valentine. Oh, I've been in set. some underground parking. You know, <laughs> you know, and it's not pretty down there. It's not pretty. You know, I think that the worst underground parking lot I've ever seen is at at the Rexdale Mall. Did you know that there was a place called the Rexdale Mall? It's on Islington and the 401. The Rexdale Mall. <laughs> yes. I'm not familiar. Not familiar with it, but the closest, actually, like the mall that's closest to my house is uh, Gerard Square, and it has an underground parking lot. And let me tell you. I am not poking around down there. No, they, they use these sort of parking lots for, you know, horror films, man. It was one of the most terrifying experiences that I, that I'm not joking, man. We, we were looking for a place to park a Chrysler product, and I couldn't possibly tell you how that was not conducive to any, uh, any sort of good feeling. But uh, anyways, folks, you, if you're just tuning in here, you, <laughs> you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show with my friend Ken Stapen here. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, and um, no question is out of line when it comes to uh, cars. Everything else, uh, you need to have thick skin because if I don't want to talk about a certain topic, I'll hang up on you. <laughs> this is a, you know, you cannot use this as a personal platform to push your own agendas here. At the end of at the end of it all, is is my show. But uh, the show is also brought to you, folks, by uh, Oakville Infinity. Oakville Infinity is um is is populated by no commission salespeople, so you don't have to pay commission when you buy your luxury car anymore. And for the month of February, believe it or not, we are making your first three payments, whether you lease or finance any 2021 product at Oakville Infinity, we are making your first three payments. So three payments on us. Nobody else is doing this. And on top of all of this, um, when you come and service your vehicle, regardless of the brand, so I don't care what sort of vehicle you're driving right now, if you live in the vicinity of Oakville and you want to come and service your vehicle with us and drop by and say hello and see me and bring me a coffee, so don't be a slacker, you know, bring a peace offering. Uh, we're paying for your HST. So wh whether you service your luxury vehicle at Oakville Infinity or you service your regular car at Oakville Nissan, we are paying for your HST, so no tax February. So why are you paying taxes still when you service your vehicle when you don't have to? There's only one condition. Just call us and book an appointment because you can't just walk in. Not, not yet. Call us, book an appointment to make sure that we have room for you and that we will look after you. Now, first responders always get first preference. So we will look after you no matter what. Uh, do we have another phone call there, uh, Ken? Yeah, let's go to Steven. Steven, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Have you ever conducted business in an underground parking lot? Uh, no, actually, no. <laughs> Especially after listening to you talk about it, I don't think I'll ever do that in the future. But you got a member of the FBI guy with uh, Bob Woodward, you know, the, the, uh, 
the deep throat guy. <laughs> that was done what? in the garage. But anyways, Greg, I just want to say, uh, listen, the, I think the you're show an just went a completely different tangent here. So what? What? How can we help you, Steve? Okay, Greg. Okay, I have two questions, please, or one, perhaps not a question, but the, the second would be a question. The first, Greg, could I please ask you? You're a great innovator. I mean, you're the guy who changed our business, and there was a pushback against you. And I'm not in the car business, but I'm in the business. If I, I don't want to push this, but let me just say there's a, a medical topic that I think people should be talking about in regards to this vaccine question, and it's not about vaccines, it's about, it's about actual health. That, Greg, I don't know if you're aware of this word called glutathione, and I don't know what the word is in Spanish, but there, there have been 27 <laughs> books written about uh, the glutathione question. And I joined a business about 15 years ago because I knew nothing about glutathione. And glutathione is something that your body produces naturally. And if I said to you, again, 27 books written on the subject of glutathione, and the man who co-discovered the virus, which has killed 40 million people, his name is Dr. Luc Montagnier, he went to get a Nobel Prize before the King of Sweden in 2008. Stephen, you know, Stephen, you have to help me out with this, man. Right now, we are going on a completely different tangent. Okay. You have, to re you have to remember that I have tens of thousands of people listening to the show right now. Okay. I have no clue what you're talking about. So, you know, I, although as much as I want to discuss this with you, you can call me after the show and we can talk, you know, about this to your okay. heart's content. But okay. do you have a car Greg, question for me? Yeah, the second question would be, about Elon, Elon Musk, about how did he vault in the number, like in 2008, he almost went bankrupt, and now he's vaulted over Jeff Bezos, because I don't see many Tesla cars on the street, but according to what I heard on American radio, that Joe Biden has mandated that every new government vehicle, except the army, like post office, et cetera, et cetera, has to be electric. So do you have any thoughts on that question? Well... You see, whenever the whenever the government gets involved in private enterprise, uh, you have to remember that it's taxpayer dollar that is being used to, you know, incentivize and often, you know, put those companies on welfare. Uh, I I think is a. I think governments should do whatever they can to stay out of private enterprises. Nothing good ever comes out of this. You know, it was the same thing that was happening here when, when the government was given these huge tax rebates for people that were buying electric cars. And, you know, when, when that went away, I had no issue with it because if the government keeps financing the purchase of electric vehicles, that by, you know, by the most part, those vehicles are only bought by the 1%. So these are the people that don't need the brake. You know, technology will never go down in price to the point that is available to the regular consumer at a price that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if, if I have any comments on this, I, I do believe that, again, in a free market system, people vote with their dollars. And if a company is innovative and, and, and price right, the general population will vote with their wallets. And that, by, you know, by definition, is going to drive the prices down to the point that all this is just going to make sense. The problem that I have with this is the following, is that no one is paying attention to what internal combustion engines do to the social infrastructure of the government. There are so many other spin-off industries that uh, feed off of what happens with the regular car business that no one is able to come up with a different uh, tax plan because who is going to replace all those tax dollars? You know, and how, you know, it, it, when you look at the gas, at gas stations right now, I believe that over 80% of every 
dollar that you pay at the gas station goes to the government into tax. Am I wrong with this? Oh, you're correct. Yep. So there are so many things that need to happen right before this materializes. I am not against electric vehicles. I just don't see it right now. Uh, there is a lot of things that are way ahead of their time, and eventually things they, they will happen. But today, I don't think that we can solve that riddle yet. Uh, and again, whenever governments get involved in, in big business, only bad things will happen. So I don't think that's a good move. But anyways, thank you so much for the phone call, Stephen. I really appreciate you respecting thank you, the fact thank that. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate the fact that I don't want to be discussing hormones. Glutathione? Just in case you were wondering. I can't wondering, even spell it. Well, just in case you're wondering, the Spanish pronunciation. Glutathione. <laughs> what is it? Glutathione. 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 Glutathione, yeah. I never heard the word before, but... Uh. Yeah, it's, it's something to do with amino acids and cells. I don't know. It's above my pay grade, certainly. Uh, we have another caller, slacker number three, Lou from Oakville. Lou, you're, on hey, the, you're back Ken, on the show. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, Ken, Greg, great to be with you guys. Uh, listening to the show earlier, uh, Ken, you were talking about getting some negative people out of your life. And what I've always advised, once you get the negative people out of your life, your life gets better. I can attest that that has been the case, Lou. I feel like a weight's been lifted off my chest. Yeah, you got to be selective, right? Who you're going to get involved with, particularly in close quarters, right? I mean, you had a bunch of people living in a shack with less than a thousand square feet per adult. Obviously, you're in close quarters, right? That's a recipe for yeah, disaster certainly. if you don't get along with them. Yeah, certainly. And um, now we've got much more, much more manageable amount of people. It's just going to be the three of us. Um, I actually looked up the square footage, so it's just over two thousand. So it's oh. so that should be sufficient, I think, for the way that the three of us are going to operate moving forward. And I couldn't be more relieved to yeah, have the extra goodness. bodies out. Great decision, and carry on on the mission of having the best life you could ever have while you have it, my friend. And, Greg, uh, you were just talking to Steve about the Tesla. Here's a yep. little-known fact about Teslas, and I am not anti-Elon Musk. I think he's done some great stuff, but I think it's pretty well known in the world that Elon never met a subsidy he didn't like, okay? <laughs> and if you look at the Tesla fleet – the only reason there's profitability there is because of all the companies that want to sell vehicles in California have to buy uh, credits from Tesla for the cars that they produce. So what's making money for Elon? It is not selling the vehicle. It's collecting the, uh, the fees from other manufacturers that need to have some electric in their fleet, and they don't have the ability to produce it. You know, my biggest fear, Lou, is that this whole Tesla uh, infrastructure is just a house of cards. And uh, because I think that for the first time in since its inception, uh, Tesla reported some sort of bottom line at the end of the year 2020. Am I not correct with this? Yeah, that's right. And uh, I can tell you this, when, when a company is profiting in one of the worst years that the car industry has ever had, there are some issues that need to be involved, especially when they're not selling any more cars. So they're collecting money from somewhere else. Uh, because I can tell you, their sales 
uh, for what I understand, over 90% of their sales are done in California anyways. So it's not that the, the car industry, when it comes to electric vehicles, has grown any more than it would have been uh, under, under regular circumstances. So I don't know where Tesla's coming with this money from, but you know, when, when you have someone that hasn't been able to generate profit for all of these years, as being the most, the richest man on the planet, doesn't that tell you something, Lou? And what does that tell you? Well, what it tells me, Greg, is that the market is willing to give him a lot of rope. And the only question is, is he going to hang himself or is he going to hang you with it? Because if you look at where he is making money, it's in the launch vehicles, the SpaceX, uh, that kind of initiative that he's got going. And that's, again, government money, right? That's generally lift that he's selling to NASA and other governments. So, you know, I'm not against them. I like what he's doing. I like his persona, much like you, Greg, right? I mean, you're out there and you've got a mission and you're on it. He's on a mission, but he's figured out a way to tap into your tax dollars, which, again, I'm not offended by, but you got to know what you're dealing with. Lou, as usual, your opinions are shaking things up. Uh, how are things with you, Lou, in this uh, beautiful, snowy uh, February day. Well, Greg, you know, I was uh, I lived in Calgary for 19 years. This is like a warm spring day in Alberta. So, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, singing in the snow, baby. Can't complain. Life's good. And, you know, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. I hope you're ready, uh, you know, to do the, what's required on Valentine's Day. Right. I can tell you, Lou, and I know that you're probably not going to like me for this, but I from the bottom of my soul, I despise Valentine's Day. So you're not into love? <laughs> uh, I am, I'm into love 364 days a year, just not on Valentine's Day. I do the rest of the year okay. I just don't do Valentine's Day. I don't like people telling me what to do. And if I have to just perform in one specific day to, you know, to make myself look like I love somebody or not, then we got a problem. We have a problem, and uh, you know, whenever things have been commercial, look, I, look who's talking here. I, you know, I, the, the consummate capitalist here talking, complaining about the machine. But uh, no, man, I, I, I hate doing it. Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's what I call love maintenance time. You want to, you know, make sure you got love the other 364 days. You got to show up on Valentine's Day. And, you know, to me, that's not a big deal. Uh, and in addition, uh, my daughter, Madeline, it's her birthday. So there's no oh, escaping Valentine's Day in my house. No, there isn't. And please wish her for us a, a happy, happy birthday. And, you know, she's been in the zone for a long time. She's just crashing the figure skating competitions across the country. And I see, I see her win and it makes me so happy, Lou. But thank you so much for calling the show. You know, all the love to you, man. Ken, okay. Happy capitalism and continued success. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, Lou. You know, his, uh, Louis Keese's daughter, I think is the Canadian champion, uh, on that age group. She, she's a phenomenal figure skater. I don't know what her credentials are, but I know that she was competing in the nationals a few weeks back and she was just killing it. You know, it's, it's amazing what people can do in skates. I put on a pair of figure skates once when I was skating with my family in the UK and mm -hmm. traditionally having played hockey, like they're so different. Like you have the toe pick on the figure skates. Greg, I couldn't do anything. I was just wheeling around, just cutting up the ice, just digging it up with the toe pick. Like, I didn't know what the hell was going on out there. Dude, I never saw snow until I came here. 
Yeah, touche. And and I, I so, so I don't I'm assuming like to... so I'm assuming you're not uh you're not a big skating guy. You don't head uh, to the you don't head to the uh, which is it the rink right by the Toronto sign right downtown or you know uh, Nathan Phillips Square. A, That's what I was looking this for. This is a, a you know a long time ago. I, I at the tender age of 29, Ken, I I decided that I was going to teach myself how to play hockey. So at the dealership where I was working at the time, we we put together just a, a, a pickup league and uh, in typical knucklehead Carrasco fashion, I go out there and buy all the the best hockey equipment that I could find. I remember buying something that at the time they were called the Bauer Vapor 8. They were gel uh, insides uh, skates. So you can put them in, in the oven and then they, they liquefied and oh, then yeah. you just then drive then right back up to the shape foot. of your feet and everything else. Dude, I look good. It was five minutes on the ice, and there was this uh, retired fireman. He was in his late 50s. He was a big dude, and whack! He took me out. My knee blew. <laughs> I was almost handicapped for the next two years. Right? Oh. So, so that, that, was, was, uh, that was it, huh? That was my hockey career in Canada. Five, five minutes? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I, I wish I remember the guy, man, because, uh, man, that was mean. You know, I, I guess I looked pretty good in the eyes, standing up and not moving, because every time I tried to move, it was just like a little kid, just side to side, side to side. But uh, no, he nailed me so hard, and my knee just gave. So that was my first knee operation. I've had four cents, but, you know, for different reasons. Yeah, the, men, um, the men's league, like beer league heroes are the worst. Like they're, no, like, I, was, I was playing in a beer league in Etobicoke last year, and it was like some of these guys are just going out there, they're like... You know they're cross-checking you in the corners and stuff like that, and I know it's a part of the game, but like we're just out there to skate around, get some exercise, and have a good time. It's like nobody's playing for anything. It's like the score really doesn't like, although it does matter. It's like nobody. It just we're not going anywhere, right? Like best case, you win like the Canlon Rank Cup or whatever the hell it is. It's like nobody's keeping score, and these guys just take it so seriously, and they're trying to drop the gloves at like eleven thirty on a Tuesday night. And knock out your chiclets. It's like, man, like, just relax. You know, the, the same thing happened to me when I, when I first moved to Canada. You see, I, I came from Chile, and uh, in Chile, you you are born with a soccer soccer ball, and uh, that's all you do since you're like a baby. There's just a, always a ball around, so you naturally, you know, become a little bit better than the general population of playing soccer. So when I first first moved up here, uh, I, I I joined the Mississauga Men's uh, Senior. Uh, soccer league and um, I used to go and play there but uh, you know it was not an uncommon thing three four five times in a game to see a, some dude with a flying kick to the face with cleats and I said dude what are you doing man? As somebody, for fun as somebody here, who man. still plays in men's soccer league during the summers yeah. on Sunday nights that is still a regular occurrence dude and man these people too, are crazy yeah I'll play on a team with a bunch of the buddies I went to high school with so we're all like 23 24 you know, maybe a guy a bit younger, maybe a guy a bit older. We'll go up against a team of guys made up of, you know, they're in their late 30s, early 40s. They're bringing their kids to their games, and they'll they'll tell you they're going to meet you in the parking lot after the game in front of their kid. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, all I can tell you is this, that uh, growing up playing soccer my whole life until I moved up here, when I went to the local soccer league, it was not fun. Uh, is dangerous, and uh, I'm not interested in doing that sort of thing. If you want to fight, just go and join a martial arts school and just beat yourself senseless. 
um, but uh, not at soccer. You know, soccer is uh, that's no that's not what I did soccer for. But uh, you know, a very little known fact that my son played um, you know varsity soccer for a very very long time. He had a couple of offers from universities in the U.S. and uh, I remember watching him play, and he was it just brings tears to your eyes to watch this kid just you know use that uh, that talent that he was given. I don't know. I, I was never a born uh, athlete. I was genetically cursed. <laughs> I was good at nothing that had to do with sports. Just fight him. And I always fought since I was a little kid. Yeah. Well, I was like, angry. Well, it's whatever the interest is, right? Like, I always liked team sports. Those were my preferences. I played lacrosse. I, I played like hockey, baseball, like soccer when I was younger, like all of them. But, yeah, it's now it's uh, it gets a little bit difficult to keep doing that when you're older, you know, right? It's like you have less time. Now it's actually I'm more into, like, the individual sports. Like, I really enjoy cycling in the summer is uh, my go-to now. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, you know, I can't get into cycling. I tried and uh, I don't like it. I don't like it, especially because your hips just literally disappear. And, um, you know, if you do any sort of lifting, if you do any sort of Olympic weightlifting and deadlifts and squats and whatnot, you need to have that sort of, uh, you know, different uh, body composition. But uh, no, I mean, I never like team sports, Ken. I don't like, you know, the results of my game depending on somebody else's at the end of it. I've always been a loner. That's why I always prefer martial arts and fighting. I, you know, growing up in the ghettos of Santiago is something that you just learn to do. And, you know, that never goes away. To this day, I cannot go a week without fighting with somebody. You would like, and, uh, um, I feel like you would like fencing then. Fencing? Does that appeal to you? <laughs> I, Maybe you know, it's curling? a pretty big deal. Uh, fencing is pretty big back in Chile, believe it or not. And, you know, amongst the upper classes, it was not something that was available to us. But uh, now now it's a little different. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, uh, you know, I'm still working on, uh, you know, getting myself associated with a martial arts school. And uh, I owned a gym for a long time because, I, you know, I'm a pretty active physical guy. And um, I'm trying to get myself associated with a, with a martial arts school and maybe become partners with one. So that's what we're working on in the background. But uh, anyways, the, uh, the phone lines are open, folks. If, you know, this is supposed to be a car show. So the number to call is 416-870-1050. And if you're calling from out of town, it's one 591 6876 You know what I want to talk to you on the other side of the break um, is going to be about which brand do you think that attracts the absolute worst drivers? Because we all know who they are. We all know with those cars, you know, in, in the ditch, whenever there's a little tiny snowstorm, we all know who they are. But in your opinion, Is that a gold who? Corolla? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> we all know who those are. So if you have an opinion, you have a say in the matter, call us 416-870-1050. And again, anything that has to do with cars, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan, home of the no commission salespeople. We'll be right back. That's two, that's far shooter. Oh, you can count. Good for you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. <laughs> that's uh, technical producer Ben leaving his men's league soccer <laughs> matches in Mississauga. Uh, let me meet you in the parking lot for sure. Folks, again, I, I repeat, the Carrasco show does not condone you meeting people at Loblaw's parking lots. It's not a good place to get car advice. You get something else, but not car advice. That's not what you go there for. <laughs> we have uh, we have Peter. Is it from uh, St. Catharines? Peter from St. Catharines is on the line. Correct. Peter, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, good morning. Hey, Peter, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. How can I help you? Listen, I just bought an Acura, uh, Greg, and I was in, and in the it says 91 for the gas. Uh, in the owner's manual, and I just wanted to, 
and I think some of your product is the same thing, but I just wanted to know, is that, is that necessary or is, is, can you cheat and go to 87, 89 once in a while? No, you know, car manufacturers will spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars to do research just to put numbers on the owner's money that, that don't mean anything. <laughs> I get it. You're being okay. I'll use the ninety-one. Oh, right. Peter, you know, listen right. to me, man. You you listen to me. You know, you got yourself a you know a, a phenomenal piece of you know automotive engineering. Which Acura did you buy? I bought the RDX. You see, the RDX is a high-performing mid-size luxury SUV. You know, the, the, it requires a certain type of uh, food. Feed right. it. Because if you give it the wrong food, you're not going to get the adequate performance. So, you see, you can put whatever gas you want in your vehicle, uh, Peter. And I mean this. You can put 91, you can put 89, you can put 87, I think there is. Right. You can put whatever you want. But you cannot expect the vehicle to perform to the 91 octane level. So, you know, you can go ahead and do this. There is no way that the manufacturers want to know what you're doing when nobody's watching. But, you know, integrity is, that's exactly what it is, what you do when nobody's watching. So it's just, this is a relationship that you have with your vehicle. So if right. you ask me, you know, can you cheat and put a lower octane? Yeah, you can do that. But will you get what you want out of that vehicle? I don't think that you will. So you bought it for specific reasons. Yeah. And uh, if those reasons are performance, then you need to feed it what it wants. Uh, but if you don't care, then go ahead. Because I don't, you know, I think that all that is overrated. You know, 91, 89, there is not a lot of difference between those two. And if somebody can prove me wrong on this, I am more than willing to have that conversation on the Line. Which year did you buy your RDX? I just I just bought it a few months ago. It's a twenty, but uh, it's um, it's a twenty nineteen. I didn't buy a brand, a brand new one. It's a twenty nineteen. So you know, can I ask you something for my yeah. own personal you know education? Yeah. Did you even consider the QX fifty Infinity? Because you know, I did. I'll be honest with you. Because of you, I considered it. Otherwise, I so wouldn't. What, have. what happened? I I just like the body style of the RDX better. I'll be, I'll be quite honest. Like I, I just like the body style better. I got it. it uh, uh, so that's that's all I can tell you. I mean, you do uh, realize that when you drive in the vehicle, a hundred percent of the time, you cannot look at the body of the vehicle, right? <laughs> but every time I walk into it, I do. So uh. I, I, you know what? I, I, I thought about it, and and I don't have a Nissan dealership near where I live that I can sort of have any kind of um, trust with. Right. So, Greg, if you want to open one up down in the Niagara region, maybe you should think about that and uh, I can come work for you. Maybe we can maybe we can, you know, work together. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, look, uh, I, uh, Oakville is uh, 15 minutes away from anywhere in southern Ontario <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning in the middle of the summer with no traffic. <laughs> yeah, right. It's otherwise. No, but, you know, it, it, zone, but yeah. in all fairness, in all fairness, that uh, you know, you bought yourself one of the best vehicles in the segment. I mean, for the Infiniti QX50, the RDX is the number one competitor. And the only reason why anyone would ever buy an RDX over a QX50 are for the intangibles, are for the, uh, the subjective aspects. You know, for the looks, you like the body, you like the lines. And on that one, we can't help, right? Because, right. Of, you know, dollar per dollar, feature per feature, interest rate to interest rate, uh, content per content, the QX50 uh, is, is better value for the money. But, you know, it's, it's interesting how the perception of what we see on the road has such a huge impact on the decisions that we make when it comes to spending 50, 60, 70 grand. Yeah, it was, it was 50 Gs, Greg. You're right. So that's where I was. So 
<laughs> Listen, enjoy it. But uh, you Thanks, know, if man. you if you need to go and service a vehicle, yep. you should yep. go and see my buddy Carmen Scaglioni. You know, Carmenouche. He is the um, he's the partner and general manager at uh, Acura of Oakville. Uh, okay. You know, this guy is a savage man. He, I learned so much from running car dealerships from him. And, uh, you know, he, he is a true gentleman. He's got one of the best memories of anyone that I've ever worked with. And uh, he runs a really tight ship. So if you want to service a vehicle and get adequate service on an Acura, go and see my buddy Carmen and tell him that I sent you because uh, he does a really good job down in Oakville there. Well, I appreciate that tip, Greg, and uh, I may do that. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. And uh, enjoy your RDX with a 91 octane. It's amazing, Kenny. You know, it, it amazes me. Thank you so much for, you know, being honest with me, uh, Peter, and, and telling me what your intentions were. You know, the number of times that I, there is a Starbucks here around the corner from my house. And, uh, <laughs> and I know because so, uh, I could, uh, that's why you drink so much Starbucks, right? Look at this. Oh, yeah, baby. This oh, yeah. You got, you got cooking today. Yeah, 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 number two. It's the gallons this morning. Gallons. Uh, but... Um, Anyway, so I, I go there every morning, and uh, as I'm driving towards my local Starbucks here on Dundas and Trafalgar, there is a, um, a Canadian tire. It's a huge Canadian tire there, which the service is a disaster. It's a disaster. You know, my son, you know, was working there part time, and that he went in, uh, got clocked in, and he, he quit 20 minutes later because the place was such a disaster. He says, "Dad, I can't do this. This is not a good place." In my family, but anyways, they, that's a whole different conversation. In my family, they have a different name for Canadian tire. They call it crappy tire crappy tire well you know this one here is not the best uh, saying that they, they have a giant shop you know you can go and service your vehicle there and you know the number of times that I see Mercedes and Land Rovers and in all sorts of luxury vehicles getting their oil changed at Canadian Tire yeah, People! I, I, I want to even sit here slamming Canadian Tire because that's where I get my oil change as well albeit it's like I'm not driving a Ferrari or Mercedes or whatever Dude, I mean, you know, we, we, we get some amazing people that come out of working at Canadian Tire that we hire from time to time because, you know, that's a, that's a hustle there. And But the reality is this. Folks, if, you, if you're driving a $100,000 piece of automotive engineering, why are, you being, why are you being cheap? You know, one thing is to be frugal. The other one is just being cheap. And if you are going to be driving a vehicle that is exquisite in, 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 in its look and the performance and in the composition, why are you doing the car a disfavor? You know, there is a time and a place for everything. But uh, when you are driving a Range Rover and you go and service it at the local, you know, ABC uh, service center, you are reaching. That's not a good idea. Do you disagree with this, Ken? No. Uh, well, certainly, if you are going to spend, I don't even know how much some of these luxury cars go for, but let's just say sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on a vehicle, you'd think that you'd be interested in investing to make sure that the maintenance of that vehicle is done at the dealership like it's, it just made that makes perfect sense to me you know we talk about it all the time the benefits of going to a dealership rather than going to your local shop whether it's making sure that everything on the warranty is done whether there's um you know some sort of mechanical sort of i don't even know what they call it when um like the manufacturer you know, calls the car back in to get something like a part updated or whatever. Or, a, a you know, a recall or a campaign, yeah. Exactly, like anything like that. It's just more beneficial to take it to the dealership. And if you're already going to be in for $70,000 or whatever on the investment, it seems like a nominal fee then after that point in time to just take well, it to the proper place to get it serviced. 
Look at it this way. Keeping your vehicle is strictly a relationship. If you treat the vehicle right and you do what you're supposed to, how you're supposed to, when you're supposed to, and you don't, you know, and you don't spare any dollars when it comes to maintaining your vehicle. Maintaining is far less expensive than repairs. And uh, who knows? Who knows you better than your mom? Nobody. Really. Nobody. You know, they know everything. They know things. You know, even it, when it, you don't know that you're feeling something, they already know yeah, that something is up. You know, and, and this is what happens when you go to the mothership. If you buy a Toyota, look, I work for Nissan Infinity right now. And, and what I'm telling you is this. Yeah, we can service a Toyota store. In fact, if you come and service with me, you don't even pay taxes. But the reality is this. And the reason why I can do this is because we sell used vehicles so we can service anything. And we have a, you know, it's a state-of-the-art facility. Saying that, if you want to develop a good relationship with your dealership, it's probably one of the biggest investments that you can have in the long-life money-saving capabilities of something that we call good will dealerships will look after you folks you are listening to the greg carrasco show we are canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend ken Stapleton on tsn 1050 you can download the podcast from uh you know tsn.ca or you can go to apple podcast and we are there for you so you can listen to us on your own time and the show is brought to you by oakville infinity and for the month of february remember we are paying for three payments, three payments on us when you lease or finance any, any 2021 product. We are the only luxury car manufacturer that's doing this in Oakville, and uh, Oak, Oakville loves driving Infinity, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. If you're just tuning in, you are part of Slacker Nation. This is Canada's largest automotive radio show. The Carrasco Show with my friend Ken Stapen here. We we come to you every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. and talk about all sorts of different things. Mostly cars. Not my preference. Cars is what I know most about, really. But uh, the show is for you. We talk about whatever you want to talk about. The number to call is 416-870-1050. And if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. Again, if you have a question about the car business, you know, buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, trading in a car, if you think that, um, if you think that uh, maybe you are not making the right decision, you should call me. It is very, very important that you get a perspective from someone that has no skin in the game and that is absolutely ruthless in relation to your feelings. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I want to tell you what you need to hear, which is far more important. People often, are you there, Ken? Yeah, I'm here, and it's uh, it's true. Like, you are a straight shooter, straight to the point. So if you have any questions about cars, if you have any questions about, you know, life, whatever it is that you want to talk about, if you have a story about a terrible living situation, like having difficulty with roommates, we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. Well, you know, I wanted, one of the things that I wanted to tell you is that um, – um, I don't know if how how well versed are you with the anime culture? With the anime culture, I'm uh, to yeah. be honest, I'm not well versed at all. Okay, uh, and the reason why I say this is, growing up in Chile and you know in Chile in the in the eighties, um, we didn't watch a lot of TV because we were, for the most part we were outside. But uh, I was a I was a really early adopter of watching animes on. Uh, uh, on TV, so there was a specific, you know, set of them that I used to that I used to watch all the time, and, and you know, season after season, we would just watch the whole storyline. And uh, my youngest son, Alex, he uh, he got me, you know, 
I think it was it was about a month ago. He said to me, "Dad, you know, there was a show that I'm watching for uh, for a little while, and the the new episodes always come out on Sunday. So, you, do you mind if I watch them? They're only 20 minute episodes." So I said, "Yeah, no problem." And so be, this is before we went downstairs and played some video games. And uh, he he started to watch a couple of episodes of a show called Attack on Titan. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but never heard you, of it before. No, what about no. Ben? Ben, no, you have not. Ben, you uh, you ever heard of the show Attack from Titan? Attack on Titan. Unfortunately, no? I'm not very well versed in anime, so no, I have not. Oh. Well, you need to get with the program, people. But anyway, so I started <laughs> to watch the, the last episodes of this thing, and then, damn, this storyline is just fascinating. So I decided, that, you know, this is like the fourth se- season of the of the show. I know that this was from a long time ago, but I started from episode number one, and uh, I I haven't enjoyed an, an anime series so much as I am enjoying this with my son. And, uh, you know, if you are into that sort of thing, you should probably give it a try. It's a really, really, really good show. Uh, but uh, we have one of the other slackers on the line. Um, is he there? Yeah, he's there. Todd, you're on the line. Todd. I'm on the line, am I? You're back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey. That's Todd Bourjon, everyone. Is it, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? Is Bourjon or Bourjon? Uh, uh, both. It just depends on uh, if you're French or if you're not French. So, Bergon is How do you go say with. it? Bergon. Bergon eh? It's easier for people, yeah. yeah. yeah for those you of doing? you that don't know who Todd is, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I never really know how I am. Uh, you know, life changes so dra- <laughs> rapidly. And uh, whenever, you know, whenever you happen, it depends on other people. It's like, ah, they take it away with them, you know, when they go. But uh, no, I, uh, from, from a car business standpoint, Todd, I, I'm very fortunate because. Uh, uh, at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity right now, we, we seem to have found a way to make this work. Um, but, uh, you know, for those of you that are just tuning in, folks, uh, Todd Burgon is the uh, the executive um, vice president or executive director of the TADA. What What is your title? Executive director. You can call me anything, though. I'll answer. doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think that I can call you what I call you when we're offline. You can call him anything. Yeah. You can well, pronounce the name. I wasn't calling you for any Valentine's Day advice because I'm with you. I, I don't like for <laughs> For holiday, so to speak. You know, but listen, you know, I can call you whatever I want so long as I'm not meeting you at a Loblaws parking lot like Frank That's and Ernie right. in the show. That's right. That's right. Hey, you know, you know where you and I are supposed to be right now? Where? Is uh, down at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, enjoying um, about 50,000 people that would normally come through that building for the auto show. This is the opening weekend traditionally of the auto show. So it's... Um, it's kind of an odd time. I usually am downtown for the entire month of February, as you know, living down there. And uh, and the show, which is the largest consumer show in all of Canada, puts 365,000 people through in 10 days, is uh, is not on this year. So what an odd time we're in. Yeah, it is bizarre because in, in my entire career, uh, which is almost, I don't know, almost 30 years now in the car business, not quite there, but almost, this is the first year that we don't have a car show. Uh, although, you know, and it'll I, be the last year we don't have a car show. We got to get going. Well, I, I, I hope so. But uh, based on what we've seen out there, the world will never be the same, Todd, unless people accept the fact that this is here to stay and we're going to have to deal with this. People are scared out there, and it's insane, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all this stuff that's going on outside. But you know, the the province just announced some, you know, the loosening up of some of the restrictions. Do you know anything a little bit more about this, Todd? Yeah, I mean, they're going back to the, the color zones, right? And uh, mm-hmm. they've changed the numbers of in, allowing indoor and outdoor gatherings for those color zones this time around. They've reduced them, um, which allows dealerships in some cases, depending on the zone that they're in, they're able to go back to uh, in-person non-appointment selling. 
And um, there's a number of different things, obviously, that come into play with that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to change the, uh, the business cycle once again. Um, but, um, you know, I think that I think a lot of us and whether you're in the car business or any other industry, I think a lot of people are just we're kind of at the mercy now um, of the federal government when you think about it as to when we can get back to normal because, you know, the vaccines that we were all supposed to get in the spring, um, you, you just don't know what to bank on, you know, and, and, and that's the, that's the craziness to it is that like, you know, you talk about us not having an auto show this year. Well, we, we definitely plan on putting one on next year. Um, but certainly, you know, each day that you wake up and you hear about a vaccine getting delayed and delayed and delayed, it's just it's, uh, it adds um, it adds complexity to any business, right? But um, it, it is amazing the ripple. Will you get the, the vaccine when it's available? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, eventually, yes, I think that there are far more important and more fragile people that need the vaccine before I do. Uh, right. But uh, no, not not right away. Not right. I will wait for a little bit. Do you, are you? Well. Oh, yeah, I will. I will for sure. I mean, I think that um, I have a desire to go back to, you know, what the new normal is going to be. And, you know, I know that I can't get back to that without, uh, without you know, a vaccine. So, yeah, I, I, I trust science. I mean, I won't, I won't lie to you. It, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not biased by party, but um, I really don't understand how Canada can be so far behind these other countries in terms of procuring vaccinations when, you know, we were one of the countries at the very beginning that admitted we had a problem shut down and, and had low case count on a percentage basis against population. And uh, it frustrates the hell out of me when, you know, I'm doing everything that I can to, to do what I'm supposed to do and whatever the premier tells us and asks us to do with our businesses. And we're, we've done all that. And we seem to have a federal leader that's sitting in his cottage and, and managing a country from his cottage and not answering questions honestly. So I'll be honest, I'm frustrated at this point. I think a lot of people are. And, you know, I feel bad you know, in some you... cases. You know, Doug Ford's told to, uh, in, in the meeting that they had last a week and a half ago, all the premiers were asked to muzzle themselves from um, being vocal about their displeasure about the vaccine rollout. And I'm kind of like, where, you know, what happened in the last six months? You know it's what I'm more frustrated right. about, Todd, is the fact that yeah. we are now living in a society in which people are not willing to have conversations because you say the wrong thing at the wrong time at the wrong place. Next thing you know, you lose your job, your career, your show, you lose yeah. everything. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, it, the, the cure for bad ideas is good ideas. And unless you're willing to have that conversation, then then everybody is going to be afraid. And you know, when people become afraid of saying what they're thinking, you know, that doesn't make the ideas disappear. It just radicalizes the ideas. You know, I've seen yeah. it in other countries. And uh, unfortunately, Todd, a lot of people don't have the, uh, the, the the perspective of having lived in other countries. Now, we are a little bit different here in, in, in southern Ontario because there's a lot of immigration. But, you know, if you ask anyone that has ever lived in one of those authoritarian or you know, socialist or communist or even dictatorships around the world, they will tell you that this is the way that you control the population by not allowing them to say what they really think and just making them afraid for their lives if you say the wrong thing. You know, the, the reality is, is that... Um, you know, Justin Trudeau is the reason why I left the left. 
the, the level of incompetence that I've seen I, uh, in, in, at the federal government level is something that I've never seen in my lifetime. And uh, as, a, you know, as an avid student of politics, because I, you know, it's one of my passions, uh, you know, they're getting away with all sorts of things that I don't know how. I, I honestly don't know how. And that's the problem with our system, because I, I can almost guarantee you that he's going to get reelected. You know, he's going into this campaign for buying votes uh, from the young generations. And, you know, why wouldn't you want to vote for the guy that's giving you money for free? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, yeah, I... meanwhile, we're falling so far behind in vaccine. If, if vaccine is ultimately the goal, we have failed. Would you agree with that? Well, certainly the numbers show we failed. I mean, every graph that gets put up on a, on a daily basis now that shows where we fit as a country globally, um, it, it's, it's horrific. And quite frankly, um, imagine if you or I um, produce those results in our jobs. We get fired. How long do you think we'd last? We'd be fired. We won't. Like we not won't. even a question because we're in a performance-based industry, right? That's so the problem with, that's that's the problem the with the government. That I don't get. But anyways, you're right. It's, uh, it's, it's a bizarre time. But, you know, I, I certainly am starting to see a lot more in, in terms of good that's coming our way. And that is, is that as the days get longer, you see people's spirits get a little bit um, better they see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel as we get into the spring we can get outdoors a little more freely um, I just hope that um, you know that this is it the second wave was it and we can we can start to move forward but as far as businesses go I think you said it hey you guys have adapted um, our industry has completely adapted because they have to um, but mm -hmm. it's not a temporary adaption I mean th this is the new way that consumers want to shop whether it's cars or any other facet. I mean, people are buying houses through virtual tours now. They're not even going through the houses, right? So um, it's, just, it's just a different way, and that's okay. I mean, as you said earlier about electric cars, I mean, demand should set how we service people. And uh, if this is what they demand, then that's how we have to service them. So I think the industry's well, done a good job of that. Certainly, you're going to that is has, it, so that's for sure. That is if we, uh, if, we, if we live in truly free markets. But, you know, it's, it's amazing. I, I don't know if I – I have different thoughts on that, Todd. And I'll tell you why I, I, I feel a little bit different. Um, um, I think that people are starved for human contact. We have been kept away from one another for so long now. I mean, in prison, they call this, you know, solitary confinement. It's house arrest. This is how you punish people's brains. And I think that when the time comes, people are going to go out in roads and just go and do business the old ways and shake hands and hug each other like they were supposed to be. We are social creatures and, and eliminating that social contact, it's driving people crazy. Uh, you know, I am fully ready for the store to be compliant for as long as we need to be, uh, you know, to push forward the all the COVID-19 protocols. We are as safe as they come. I mean, we sanitize the, car when, the cars when they come in and when they go out. Uh, all, all the offices are sanitized daily. And that's the sort yeah. of thing that we do. It's, it's a new reality. But uh, I do believe that once, you know, once we get and accept this, that this is going to be part of our lives for, for the foreseeable future, that um, people are going to start coming out and making friends. Um, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. And I think that you are right on one front. And that is, is that there's definitely pent up demand for people to get out and to and to shop and also to have human contact. But there's still going to be a percentage of people out there, a small percentage um, that are going to live in paranoia of, uh, of this or they have uh, immune compromised systems and they, they're going to live in, in, a, in a bubble for an extended period of time, and then the processes that you guys have put into place now will help serve that that sector of the uh, of the economy, which is good. So, I, you know, um, paranoid I, I people would be paranoid. Agreed. What's that? 
I said, I think we're both agreeing. We're just looking at obviously that there's, there's going to be uh, different levels of, of, um, of how people will want to either get out or accept in terms of uh, human contact. But I'm with you. I mean, I, I miss, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, what goes on down at the auto show behind the scenes, people don't know. And the amount of meetings that go on and the manufacturer meetings that go on, I mean, it, they are long 16 hour days that take place down there. Yeah. Um, but true, I never thought I'd miss as much as I did because all those friendships and all that, uh, all that camaraderie that comes out of that and the dialogue that comes out from such a dynamic industry, obviously it's much, much harder and it's, and it's almost impossible in some respects to have that, you know, just on a zoom call and, uh, and have the same connection. So yeah, I'm with you. And that's why for me, a vaccine will set me free. And that's kind of the way that I look at it. And that's my own opinion. It doesn't mean that that's the truth. Um, but uh, that's, you know, my psyche is when I get vaccinated, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not putting other people at risk and I'm also not putting myself and my family at risk. So, um, that's I think why that, I'm, uh, you know, I don't think the vaccine would set us free. I think that our mindset is going to set us free. And so long as we keep being oppressed by, by, you know, by what's happening out there right now, you're not going to have people that are making objective decisions. And I think the paranoia is just setting in deep into the psyche of our people these days. And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, this is going to carry on for a while because people are buying into this. And, and, and if you have any source, you know, any sort of tendencies to be a paranoid person, this is certainly yeah. not helping. But, uh, no. you know, like I said before, I think that when, when things open up, uh, I think that we're going to have a huge, uh, you know, pendulum swing of people coming out and just saying, okay, man, this is, this is time. I need to see, I need to see the people that I love. I need to see my friends. I need to go and see my people at the jujitsu school. <laughs> I need yeah. to do something with my life. We've been, we've been secluded, precluded, excluded uh, yeah, for so long that I think the time has come. I saw, I saw a common friend of ours this week, uh, of course, social distance and masks on. I picked up a piece of equipment from him down uh, your way this week and uh, hadn't seen him for, well over a year it's just weird like it's like you, you think about how long you've seen somebody and it's been well over a year in some cases right so yeah, that was uh, yeah. your buddy dan uh oh dan from radix <laughs> yeah dude yeah. man he's he's a warrior that guy is a he's a warrior he's just trying to make it happen for his family he's and a survivor and, too i you know dude man so. he uh, anyone that runs a gym and and i am very I have very tight links with people in the in the fitness industry, and uh, Dan owns uh, Radix Performance down in Oakville, and uh, uh, you know we're we're trying to put together a campaign. It's a it's a weight loss or body lean competition. I think that you're part of that, Todd, and I, it helped you tremendously, didn't it? Uh, it changed my life. It really did. It changed my psychology. It changed my self confidence. It changed a lot of things. And I wasn't a big person. I just didn't feel great about my physical fitness at my age, and uh, and he changed it. Well, I changed it, but he was he was definitely the one that gave me the tools to do it. So, yeah, I 100% yes, agree. I was talking to him yesterday, and uh, he's putting together a program. I think it's all ready, and uh, we're looking at how we're going to roll out, maybe even using the show. But you know what he does in the meantime? Because his gym is closed, you know, yeah, he's renovation. working with his brother shoveling snow. <laughs> you know, I walked into yeah. the store yesterday, and it, there he was, shoveling snow. But, uh, you know, he, he's an amazing human. But, Todd, thank you so much for calling the show, dude. I really appreciate you taking the time to join the Carrasco Show here. And uh, don't forget about us. We're still your friends, you know? I haven't forgotten. And then, Greg, if you can I just get, like, 10 seconds and indulge you on yep. something? Thing, just quickly, um, a common friend of ours and a really good friend of the auto industry uh, lost his mother uh, this week, uh, Mark Falkenberg. Uh, his mom, oh. Krista Falkenberg, passed away this week. So I just want to send my condolences out to Mark and his family. Mark's been a big part of our board for, for years and uh, a big part of our industry and, uh, and is someone that 
lives and breathes the auto industry and, and really cares. So um, I just wanted to, if Mark's listening or any of his, his group is listening, just to let them know that uh, I'm thinking about them and, um, you know, we're, we're sorry uh, about his loss. Um, you know, thank you so much for sharing that, uh, Todd. I've known Mark for about 25 years now and, uh, you know, working all these years with Nissan and Infinity. Uh, my thoughts go out to you, Mark, and, and your family and uh, uh, difficult times, difficult times. But thank you so much for uh, bringing that up, Todd, and uh, I'm sure that we'll be talking to you in the week. Okay, Greg. You take care. Have a great Thanks, brother. Folks, if you're just tuning in here, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show with my friend Ken Staple on TSN 1050. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. Uh, we're talking about whatever you want. Is anything that has to do with cars, you need to call us, 416-870-1050. And if you're calling from out of town, it's one 591 6876 And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to you about who you think is the car brand with the absolute worst drivers. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. We'll be right back. Everything sounds better in Spanish, Ken. Give credit where credit is due. I know we rag on Ben, technical producer Ben for his music choice a lot of the time, but this one's a good tune. I like The weekend. <laughs> I liked the weekend's halftime show. We, we haven't talked about that really at all, but my goodness, that those close-up, that close-up camera work was so bizarre and out of control. He's still trying I know, to find I, his way I'm about to disappoint you so aggressively, Ken. I'm going to disappoint you, but I do not watch sports on TV or anywhere. I don't. But I never have. But certainly, you must have seen. Like the meme circling around of the halftime show with the close-ups of the weekends? No? I saw a couple of them, but I mean, I have no desire to know anything about the Super Bowl or uh, sports on TV. So I, it's not something that I, I, I pay attention to. It's, it, it's not on my radar. Let's just put it that way. I, I did see some uh, pictures of him with some plastic surgery a little while ago, wondering what the hell just happened to that guy. Uh, but I don't know. If, what are you talking about? So the weekends did the Super Bowl halftime show, which uh, was mm -hmm. exciting for a lot of Canadians, as uh, very seldomly does a Canadian offer artist get a platform like that. And there was this part during the halftime show, which, I, like, I don't know what the hell was going on, but he found himself kind of in, like, a funhouse sort of environment where there was gold mirrors everywhere and all this stuff's going on. And basically they had a camera person come in and just do extreme close-up shots of him walking through this thing, and he just looked, like, crazy. He looked manic, and I think it was intentional. That's what they were looking for. But it was like it just blew up on social media, and everybody was kept posting, and it was just the one of the biggest memes of the, of the year, certainly. Rumor has it he's still trying to find his way out. I can't like <laughs> like I can't believe that you had, that you haven't seen this. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some in our chat, but it was it was absolutely hilarious. That's that's funny, uh, folks. The number to call is four one six eight seven zero ten fifty, and uh, if you're calling from out of town, is one eight eight five 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 nine one six eight seven six. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And for the month of February, uh, you can enjoy 0% financing on approved credit, of course, on every single used car that we have on the lot that is retailable. So if you're looking at buying a used car and uh, you're paying interest rate right now, again, you're leaving money on the table. That's not a good idea. When you can get 0% financing out of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity on every single used car, why? Why? 
why are you doing this to yourself? You know, you don't have to come down and see my crew. Is a is a no commission sales crew, so they will try to find whatever they have there for you to make you happy. That's their only goal. But you know, it's, it's something interesting happened yesterday. Uh, you know, if you live here in Oakville, I get up at around I don't know five thirty or so. I couldn't sleep. I can't sleep these days. And uh, although the weather was okay, at around six thirty-seven, the snow started to come down. You know, there was a, a bit of a snowstorm yesterday that we were not expecting. And, uh, you know, then I, when I got to work, I got to work pretty early. And I could see it from my office because I can see the QEW there. Uh, I could see how the QEW was aggressively turning into a parking lot. And, and my mind inevitably wondered. You know, I, I wonder which car was the one that started the domino effect and created the mess. Because there was always one culprit. And... As my uh, background on my Zoom call, folks, if you could see it right now, shows this beautiful, <laughs> absolutely stunning, um, I think it's 2009 gold Corolla. Now that's you know, a sweet gold Corolla. You know, was it a gold Corolla, you know, and their inability to recognize asphalt? You know, or was it a three series driver who stretched on payment, you know, and didn't buy snow tires because it increased their payments by five dollars per month and that broke the budget? Then then I thought about that Honda Civic driver who didn't realize that driving too close was not a factory setting and maybe the Civic ate someone's bumper on the QEW. Or maybe it was the Jeep Grand Cherokee driver who mistakenly assumed that the car's ability to accelerate in the snow was just as good as their ability to slow down on a slippery road. Now, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. And <laughs> now it lives in a ditch somewhere in the QEW. Listen, you know, I've, I've been in a huge pileup on the QEW when I was younger, yeah. and it was exactly what happened. It was the winter. We were actually going to see, I believe it was the Nutcracker in Toronto. It was around Christmas time. It was myself, my cousin, my and my aunt and my mother. And we ended up in a 60-car pileup on the QEW because some way, you know, was driving too quickly over a bridge, and it was icy, and then the one guy bites it, and then nobody could stop. So it just ended up, I think we were car 38 out of 60 in this pileup. It was just a complete, complete disaster. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. And, you know, it's always the same type of vehicle. You know, if you have any thoughts on which brand, not the type of people, but which brand attracts the absolute worst drivers, call us. I want to know. 416-870-1050 is the number. And if you're calling from other town, it's 1-855-591-6876. As we get into this topic uh, this morning, I wanted to uh, share with you a little bit of a... Uh, an article here that I found um, for all the, all of you that uh, are into the the car culture. Jalopnik is a is a pretty big website um, that shares also sort of ridiculous things. And number ten vehicle has that has some of the worst drivers. The Prius. Yeah, the Prius is a problem. <laughs> they are hardly even driving. You know, this, the writer here says that it just seems that they're they're barely aware that they are operating a motor vehicle. And if they do have an awareness of the driving, it's in their fifth or sixth priority at that moment. <laughs> it's a bunch of other things that they need to take care of before Wagon. actually okay. driving their okay, car. What's your name? 
Man, I've, uh, have I, you ever seen? I've got to be uh, honest. I've been cut off by a Prius more than one time, so not surprised at all to see that on the list. Like it's it's a complete disaster. I feel like they're just completely unaware anytime you see a Prius buzzing down the highway. You know, according to Jalopnik, number nine are minivan drivers. You know, no single brand sticks out, they say, but you want to give these things some space on the highway. Minivans, there is no question that these are, you know, some of the most poorly driven vehicles on North American roads. And here are some of the reasons. Number one, distracted mom and dad trying to dodge Cheerios, toys, <laughs> urine. <laughs> while also merging into the next lane. That's not a good situation. Number two, distract the mom and dad visiting the strange land beyond the suburbs where the, you know, people do strange things like walking on the sidewalks or parallel behind you know, somebody else's car. And they don't seem to know how to do this with large vehicles. Do we have a caller on the line here? Uh, we had a caller who actually just proposed a question to technical producer Ben. So, Ben, what was the caller asking? Yeah, so Rob from Kitchener just gave us a call, and he was pretty spirited on this uh, on this topic. He feels that Volkswagen are the absolute worst when it comes to this topic. Uh, did he tell you why? He said he drove one himself for a while. <laughs> So, I don't know. I don't know so if he's, he's implicating himself he's, as a awful if he's driver. implicating himself there, or if he's going with just the general population. But uh, yeah, he felt he felt Volkswagen was certainly up there. You know what? What do you think, Ben? Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, I would probably have to go with uh, with Dodge, specifically the, specifically the Grand Caravan, the Neon. A Dodge Neon has to be in the same category as the Gold Corolla. <laughs> no, I don't think so, man. I don't, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> you've never seen. Yeah, you I'm just trying to go off the board because we've already hit the Corolla probably 20 times with a baseball bat right now. If but, you if you see a lime green Dodge Neon buzzing down the QEW, stay away from that thing. <laughs> Call CAA right now. I don't. I don't think that there is a single Neon alive today. You're going to see they one died. the next time you're out. They're still out there, no, man. They, they died a long, long, long time ago. Yeah, well, I, it wasn't soon enough. Have a toe on speed dial as soon as you see one of those things. <laughs> Number eight, Ram pickup trucks. Ram has been getting high scores on the IIHS review uh, because of all the damage claims since long before they stopped being Dodge. But uh, for some reason, Ram pickup drivers, they don't seem to be particularly aware of their surroundings. Uh, you know, somebody sent a, a text to me here saying that um, F-150 pickup trucks are completely irresponsible on the road. Was that you, Ken? No, that was that that sent you the F one fifty. Yes. No, I'm the one that sent you the me the memes of the weekend. Oh no no, this in, in was our my text. buddy Jamie. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Jamie. Pa yeah, I just saw the memes here. No, my buddy Jamie Patterson, the uh, general manager of Orangeville Nissan, he says that F one fifty drivers are downright nasty. No rules for those guys. They simply don't care. Number seven, they have the Nissan Murano, according to Jalopniks. They call the Nissan Murano drivers uh, the Nissan Moronos because they, they, they simply don't know how to drive those Come things. Come on. I, That's, the, I writer just, listened. the writer just wanted to use the pun. The, the, the Morano. That's a, the, he just had the clever pun. He put that one on the list. Next. I, I'm checking out on this one. 
<laughs> Volvo, they are plenty of good, clean Volvo drivers. But then there is a whole crowd that, that buys them because they already had an accident and they feel that they need a safe vehicle to protect them in their next vehicle accident, which is, is, is such an interesting thing because uh, Volvos, at one point, they were deemed to be the safest vehicles on, on the planet, but that was about 30 years ago. That that's not That's no longer true. Now, my next one is something that... I can't disagree with, and and I don't know why they made it only uh, number five spot here, is BMW. Uh, you know, despite Audi making a strong push to be the most bought vehicle by, um, they use a not-so-kind word here, irresponsible drivers. <laughs> uh, irresponsible BMW still drivers, has more say. clueless, <laughs> overly aggressive, and surprisingly distracted drivers. Watch out for those BMWs. You know, I have to say that that's probably one of the number one reasons why I don't drive BMWs. Whenever I get into one, I become a different person. It's like the vehicle brings it out of me. I just want to drive in a different way. I don't know if it's the gear ratio. I don't know if it's a horsepower. I don't know if it's the, uh, the, you know, the road feedback response. I don't know exactly what it is about BMWs. So whenever you get behind the wheel of one, you become a different person. You know, I, I, you can't say that you disagree with me on this one, Ken. No, I certainly don't. And I knew that BMW was going to pop up on this list at some points. Number five probably, well, it remains to be seen what five to one are. But certainly BMW drivers are all oftentimes very aggressive. They, you know, Like you said, the car often has a, a lot of horsepower, you know, so the drivers of themselves like to go a little bit more quick. Yeah, it's not, it's not a surprise at all to see this on the list. Uh, folks, who do you think is the car brand that attracts the worst drivers out there, especially here on the 400 series and the QEW and the Gardner. We see these people all the time. You know, whenever people tell me that Canadians are the most polite people on the planet, have never been stuck on traffic, trying to merge on the QEW and, you know, some dude just not looking at you, pretending that you don't exist and not, not let you in. They're some of the most passive-aggressive drivers that I've ever seen. You know, I don't think that a lot of people understand the rules of the road here in Canada, especially when snows. It's, it's like people forget. They forget right away where they are, what they're doing, and where they're going. And that they would simply not let you merge onto the highway, especially pickup trucks. They're the absolute worst when it comes to snowstorms. But if you have an opinion on the matter, call us, 416-870-1050. And if you're calling from out of town, it's one 855 591-6876. Folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. And today is about you talking about car things. And don't forget that this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And for the month of February, when you service any vehicle that you have at our store, Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity, we will pay for your HST, so there's no need to pay tax during the month of February. We know that things are really tough out there, so we got your back. You don't need to go on service anywhere else. Come and see me. I'm going to turn Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity into the service center of Oakville. Why? Because it makes sense. We'll look after you. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen here on TSN 1050. We've been on air for about 13 years and we became the number one automotive radio show a few years back. Why? Because we don't hold back. We'll tell you the straight goods. If you have a question about cars, you have a comments about cars, anything that you want to talk about, any, any question that you ever had about the car industry that you wanted to have an answer for, just call us, 416-870-1050. Again, 416-870-1050. And please don't be shy. Don't call and ask my producer to ask me the question on air. That defeats the purpose of the show. 
And if you call him from out of town, it's one 591 6876 You know, this show is about dialogue. We talk, we talk about things. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And uh, right now, if you're listening to the show and you're driving a Nissan and um, your lease is up soon, and you, we can get you out up to 18 months before your term expires. We decided to call this process leases interruptus is when you voluntarily pull out of your lease early to save yourself from long-term problems <laughs> can we had a <laughs> we had a caller talking about headlights yeah, um, we, we, I don't, I don't know what the heck was going on, but <laughs> he was chatting my ear off. I swear I was on the phone for about three or four minutes that whole break. Anyways, yeah, it was uh, Victor from Etobicoke who called in and was uh, s- talking about a story basically that Hi. I guess um, a person was leasing a vehicle and yes, I believe it was a Mercedes. Uh, he said a Mercedes or a Subaru. And basically what happened was the headlights needed to be replaced and okay. she was on the hook for two grand. Okay. To do the repairs on the headlights, That's I know this it? is like yeah, I know this is something that we've talked about <laughs> oftentimes on the show, and one of the dangers of leasing. Certainly, if you don't get lease end protection at the end, especially that uh-huh. if there is something wrong with the car, especially a luxury car, that okay. you're going to have to do the repairs, whether it's scratches in the paint, whether it's a problem with the brakes, where this this, is, this circumstance, the, the issues with the headlights, then you have to repair them. And like well, she, this person was on the hook for two grand, and that's a pretty lofty yeah. bill. But it's it uh, the danger you run. It serves them right. Let them. You know, I've been I've been telling people on the show here for years now that it is, you know, a lease and protection or a, an extended warranty is like a condom for your lease or your loan. You know, you don't have to put it on, but, uh, you know, the, the consequences are far too enormous for you to take the risk. You don't want any and, unexpected uh, surprises. <laughs> you don't want surprises, you know, <laughs> 12 months. <laughs> In this case, uh, at the end of term, <laughs> would be whether it's 24, 36, or 48 months if you have a lease or in anything longer for a loan. This is not something that you want. In the car business, you don't want surprises. And I can tell you this. You see, once upon a time, the car manufacturer uh, will do the would do the inspection, and uh, often there would be some latitude there. You know, yeah, maybe we'll cover this, we'll cover that, and uh, if they wanted to retain you, um, they will do some concessions. But that was that was often done at the dealership level. The dealership was uh, had to make the decision as to whether they were going to pay for your inadequacies on the road or for that you know moron that decided not to put the you know shopping cart back. And uh, you for the stone, you know, uh, stone chips, scratches, door dings, anything that affected your vehicle, uh, you had to pay for. And then it was a negotiation. But car manufacturers got pretty smart. You see, they discovered that um, many people who lease vehicles, they don't particularly care about maintaining the vehicle to the standard that you would if you owned it. That's why I'm not a big fan of buying lease and vehicles, because people that lease vehicles, they don't care. Most of them, anyways. I mean, any blanket generalization does not apply clearly, but uh, you know, by and large, most people that lease vehicles are not 
planning to keep it, so they will do whatever they can to cut corners. So what happened was that vehicles were coming back with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. And the manufacturer, at one point, they smartened up and said, why are we paying for this? Because we're taking this vehicle back. We're trying to keep the customer as a customer here. We send the vehicle to the auction, and because the vehicle is a complete mess, it's, you know, we're getting three, four, five, ten thousand dollars less than the vehicle is worth because the car looks terrible. So car manufacturers got pretty smart. Because they are, and they are in the business of protecting their interests. So they decided that uh, they were going to hire a third-party company that were going to do a lease-end inspection. Now, guess what? That lease-end inspection company gets paid on the amount of money they save the manufacturer. So when somebody gets paid to look for problems, guess what they're going to find? Ken? Tons and tons of problems. And that's what they do. So the dealership is is uh, is off the hook because we have nothing to do with this. The manufacturer is off the hook because they have nothing to do with this. Now you have a lease inspection, lease and inspection company that gets paid to look for problems that are not covered by your goodwill from the manufacturer if you want to lease a, another vehicle. Now, most car manufacturers will have up to $500 on damages that they will waive because they understand that things happen. And this is one of the reasons why it's so unbelievably irresponsible for you to lease a vehicle and not get lease and protection. I don't even know why this is a topic of conversation. I don't get it. Well, but people just somehow, want to save the money, though. They aren't looking down the road. And I know that what you're going to say already, it's like you're not saving money if at the end of the lease, then when you show up to the dealership and they say, all right, you've gone over the amount of kilometers you were supposed to go over and, you know, you have all these nicks and dings and they're going to nickel and dime you. So ultimately, you're ending up costing yourself more money in the long term. But people aren't thinking about the long term. They're just looking at the monthly payments. It can be lower if they're doing the lease end protection. They figure oftentimes that they're just going to renew and get a new lease at the end anyways, probably yeah, to try to get out of their own lease. Away. Those charges still don't go away. But Ken, people don't even think if about renew. that. They don't think about that. They don't think about the future, really. Like, especially the people that lease the cars are certainly not thinking, you know, three years down the road. They're thinking, how can I get a vehicle for generally a cheaper price than having to put down money up front than having to, you know, have a higher monthly payment, even if they're going to own the vehicle at the end? They're trying to save money. Is that like, right? Isn't that the reason that people lease? They want a new car and they don't want to pay for a new car. So they think, hey, I can just lease it. I can still drive it. It's still mine. And at the end of the term or whatever you bring it back you get a new one but it's all about saving people, money isn't it uh, no i think the people people don't learn from history and uh, they always think that there is an ulterior motive for car manufacturers trying to sell you products in the fni office or in the sales office and that is not always the case and uh, you know when when i go here and you know it doesn't matter what you buy you know, there is a Nissan right now has a six or seven percent market share. So ninety-three percent of all of you that are listening to the show are not buying Nissans or Infinity. So you know, I it's not skin off my nose what you do with your lease or your finances. I don't care. But I can tell you is this one of the reasons why this show has you know withstood the, the test of time is because I tried to tell you what I would do if I were you, if I was making the decision that you're about to make. And if you disagree with me, call me four one six eight seven zero ten fifty. And I haven't forgotten about the worst drivers, but I think that this is. It's quite relevant to the conversation. You know, if you want to take a chance, you have to be dealing, willing to deal with the consequences. And the consequences is that you, you may be paying three, four, five, ten thousand $10,000 worth of damages at the end of the lease. And I said this on the show before, that, you know, my pharmacist, the guy that run the pharmacy around the corner here, he was driving a Mercedes, a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, he said to me that uh, he was re returning his Mercedes and the entire light casing was 
you know, the light case and a couple of other things was over $6,000 in damages at the end of the league. Yikes. Dude, that's a ton of, that's a ton of dough. And, you know, the last thing that you want is to have an unexpected $6,000 surprise at the end of the term when you may or may not be in the same financial situation that you were at the beginning. So this is why, folks. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, folks, Greg. Let me ask you a question. Would you ever let a family member, would you let your mother, would you let a friend come into your place and buy or lease a car without the lease and protection? Absolutely not. So that, that's it. Want. Like the people see, need, he, to, need to listen to that and heed the advice. Get the lease and protection because it's going to help you in the end. Like you got to look out for always, yourself. That's a way that you can look out for yourself. Get the lease and protection. You're protecting yourself down the road from these expenses because nobody has or wants to have a $6,000 bill dropped on their doorstep when you're bringing back the car. That's a nightmare. This is a common problem, Ken. People sacrifice what they want most for what they want right now. People sacrifice, I repeat, what they want most for what they want right now. And what people want most is to have a problem-free, no surprises, no nonsense, lease terms. So at the end, you can just give the keys back and off you go, Bob's your uncle. But what they want right now is to, they want to save that extra three or four or five dollars because we need to beat the dealer down. You know, they are the enemy and we need to squeeze it out of them. That's not the way it works, folks. You know, dealership, dealerships, for the most part, are not your enemy. These this people live and breathe within your communities. And, and the only reason why dealerships uh, you know, try to put you forward with lease and protections and extended warranties is because they are looking at to what's going to happen three, four years down the line. So I'm going to give you this example. So if four years, you know, your lease is up and you come back. And then you are upside down in kilometers and you have a three or $4,000 problem because of damage in your vehicle. What sort of relationship do you think you're going to have with that dealership when you have to come up with $4,000 that you don't have? You know what I'm saying? So the dealership is looking out for you and for themselves because we have to be able to guarantee that we're going to have a long-term relationship with you. And it has been proven, folks, that if you do have an extended warranty and you do have a lease and protection, this is going to save you a lot of time and money at the end. And, folks, I cannot emphasize to you enough that you need to read the conditions of all these contracts because there are different types of lease protections that you have. Some of them are during the lease. Some of them are after the lease. So in and there is a big distinction between those two. And until you understand the differences between those protections, you don't know if you're making the right decision for your situation. You know, this show is based on only one thing. If you were related to me and you were doing what you were about to do, well, would I let you do it? And because you're not buying from me and those of you that do choose to purchase vehicles from me, which are in the tens of thousands now over the last 27 years. They know exactly what I think. They know exactly what I expect them to do. Why? Because I want to make sure that my relationship stands. And how do we do this? Is by protecting your future self. And that's the only way that you're going to guarantee that you're going to have a good relationship with your customers three, four years down the line. And if you're a salesperson and you fail to present this to your customers, you don't plan to stay in the business for a very long time. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. Call us, 416-870-1050. We're going to take a small break. And don't forget that this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no-commission salespeople. We'll be right back. Come back. This is your hour, folks. 
You're listening to Canada's largest automotive radio show here with Greg Carrasco that is mostly not about cars, except today was about you. You call, you ask questions, you know, you post ideas forward. The number to call is 416-870-1050. Again, 416-870-1050. Call us if you want to disagree with me, if you want to argue with me, love it. Most people argue with me anyways. If you call in from out of town, it's one 591 6876 and the lines are open for you. Don't forget the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. It is 2021, and if you're still paying commission when you're buying a car, you leave your money on the table for no reason. You have too much money. Because at my stores, we have no commission sales. People, we are the first Nissan Infinity combination store with no commission sales in the entire country. And this is available to you. And since I have no life, I live at that place. So if you come down and see me, make sure you book an appointment so you know, we comply with all the COVID-19 protocols and um, bring me a, uh, most likely you're going to come down later in the afternoon. So you're going to bring me a um, Grande Americano with three steamed heavy cream. That uh, That's my poison. Steamed uh, heavy cream? Yeah, I mean, it's a venti Americano with uh, four steamed heavy cream and four long shots of espresso. That's my poison in the morning. It's like jet fuel. You take it, you see the world with different eyes. <laughs> it sounds like it's as thick as jet fuel, <laughs> to be honest. Let's talk to Michael from Kitchener. Michael, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life easier today? Hey, Greg, long time listener, uh, first time caller. Well, thank you for calling, man. <laughs> you tell man, me and, what's uh, happening with Pia Chrysler? What's what's that? What's happening with them? Is is that the question, uh, Michael? Yeah, I just want to know: um, Are they going to go out of business, or? Well, they might be on the top five of our worst cars to drive list, but <laughs> we'll get we'll get to the top <laughs> well, five listen, in a couple you know, minutes here. Nobody wants any car manufacturer to go out of business, but uh, you know, having experienced that disaster for you know sixteen, seventeen weeks, I am amazed that they still are. So, uh, if when, whenever you run a good corporation, the public knows you put out good product, you have customer satisfaction uh, levels to indicate, and you know exactly what you're doing. And um, you know, if so long as there is corporate welfare, I don't know if that's going to be a level playing field for all those um, those car manufacturers that do not withstand the test of time. I don't even know why they sell Fiat's in Canada anymore. I mean, the cars are a disaster. They have the worst resale value in the industry. Nobody wants to buy those things. I don't even know why they have a presence here in Canada. So does that pretty much tell you my feelings on that, uh, Michael? <laughs> Is he on the phone? Yeah, I'm still here. I heard that they were bought out by another company or... Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything, but uh, I'm sure that... Uh, uh, my sources will be talking to me about this next week. Um, but uh, no, I don't know enough about that yet. So we'll, well, I guess we'll find out soon enough. But anyways, I don't, uh, I have pretty strong feelings towards the car manufacturer. And uh, I don't, I don't want to discuss them on air because people worked in, in dealerships and uh, they are perfectly innocent from my opinions. Fair. Thank let's you so go, much for the phone call. Let's go to uh, Toma. <laughs> Toma, is this the Toma? <laughs> uh, what's going on, Greg? What's going on, brother? What's, how's it going? Not bad. Hey, listen, I've got a little insight for Michael, your previous caller. I worked at Chrysler for 15 years, and after I left... Oh, and you know, hold on a second, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. I just got shivers on my spine. Uh, that's not a good thing. Okay, anyways. <laughs> after I left and became unbiased, I've never owned one, and if I've driven one, it hasn't been very fun compared to what I drive today. So uh, just a little insight for you, Michael. 
You know, it's a it's an interesting thing because um, when when I was offered the position to go and work for one of the big threes, I uh, I was super excited. I wanted to finish my career working with one of the originals, and uh, uh, man, within two hours of landing uh, at this place, I realized the horrifically terrible, unbelievably stupid mistake that I had made for assuming that I could go and uh, and sell domestic product. I I couldn't do it. You know, I didn't realize how spoiled. Uh, I was for working with um, you know Korean and Japanese car manufacturers, but also how spoiled the consumers were. Um, you know, whenever somebody was buying a you know one hundred and ten thousand dollar pickup truck, and there was no such a thing as CSI, which in our industry is the Customer Satisfaction Index, and that they could literally just shove the keys on somebody's hand and say, "Here, go." And there was no presentation, there was no delivery process, there was nothing. It was something that I had never seen, Toma. Never seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, subpar, that's for sure, but. You know, I'm I'm losing you there. You must be driving. But uh, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know, Toma is a very very good friend of mine, and he owns a jujitsu school here in Mississauga. Uh, have you heard any news about to, you know as to when you guys going to be able to open again, Toma? Oops, sounds like we I lost him. Do, do we lose him? Yeah. You yeah, know, Toma, if, uh, you could give us a call back, and we'll uh, try to reconnect with you, but. Yeah, not a Sterling. You must uh, be driving a Chrysler Bluetooth system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, connect, the connection not the best. <laughs> it's certainly not the best connection, but uh, we're going to give Toma a little bit of um, time to reconnect here with the show. Uh, yeah, he owns um, a jiu-jitsu school here in Mississauga, and uh, man, you know they this uh, this lockdown has ransacked. On the fitness industry and especially martial arts school because we, we are in pretty close contact with each other, right? And uh, that has created a bit of a problem. So I was wondering whether he knew anything about uh, uh, opening up the, uh, the the gyms. I feel like as well in the GTA, it's going to be a little bit uh, a little bit longer. It seems like it, uh, I mean the hospitality and it seems like the gyms are kind of hand in hand. And I haven't heard anything about the prospects of reopening the insides of restaurants or when. That's going to happen, really, and it seems like every time they set a date, they just kind of kick it back down the road a little bit. I yeah, I think that John Tory is. Um, I haven't really heard much about other than the fact that he's just pretty, you know, hardlining people with the lockdown. So I yeah. don't know what's going on there. Well, we'll but see what happens. You... We'll see what happens. Uh, we have another caller. Let's go to Rob from Toronto. Rob, you're on the Greg Carrasco show. Hey, Rob, yeah, what's I, happening? I was uh, I was just wondering. I have an opportunity to buy a used. 2004 Infiniti G35. Okay. And uh, it's got 75,000 kilometers. And, uh, you know, it's a reasonably priced. He wants about $2,000 for the vehicle. And I just wondered if, you know, because maybe it sat for a couple of years without being driven, is it still interesting or, or, you know. Well, if the owner of that vehicle is listening to the show, don't sell it to Rob. I'll pay you double that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, then I guess I'm on my way to purchase this vehicle. uh, You know, I can tell you, I don't even know why he's, you know, when something sounds too good to be true in the car business, it usually is. uh, The 2004 G35, and is it a coupe or a sedan? It's a four-door car. It's a four-door? Is it a G35X or is just G35R? just a, a real yeah, drive. just a just a regular model, I guess. Okay, I can, in my interior. in my humble professional opinion, I can tell you that the G thirty five G thirty seven series is the absolute best car that has ever hit the road on the planet. 
period. Okay. And I, I, I challenge anyone to, to fight this with me to the point that even my daughter has, I, I think that she has a 2012 G37 that she's driving right now. I prefer to drive that car than just about anything else that has ever come out of the production lines of any car manufacturer. Um, I think that Infiniti made a big mistake by getting rid of the name because the G35, G37 series was an institution. Now, I have to say that the, the Q50 is a phenomenal machine. But, uh, yeah. you know, when we are going back old school and you're looking to buy a reliable used car, that G35 and G37, they have something they call the VQ engine series, which according to many industry experts says that the VQ engine series is one of the best engines that has ever been produced. In fact, has been chosen for over 20 years within the top 10 best engines on the planet. So you have right there a car that's going to last you for a long time. I would I would advise you to take it to an Infinity store, Rob, and get yeah. yourself, a, you know, get it checked out just in case, you know, you know, trust but check, right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's out, like a, sure the... an 87-year-old person who has a vehicle. They've used it since new. So buy I it. think I'm just going to go if, purchase if what you're telling me. If what you're telling me is all true, buy it. Go go there right now and give her some more money because yeah, you are yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. stealing the car. Give her more okay. money, man. Okay, thank, thank you man. very much. I uh, you. I appreciate your opinion. Thanks. Thank you. Is Thomas back on the line, Ken? Uh, not yet. I don't believe. We'll let you know. Uh, we'll let you know when he's uh, locked in again. We lost him. Anyways, uh, you know we are uh, we're going to continue with the the top four. Um, Greg, I'm, I'm actually just, I'm going to jump in here for a second. We do have Toma back now. Okay, cool. Toma, hey, you're Toma, back on the line. We we'll lost you there for a hey, second. Hey, Greg. Sorry about that. Um, no, and that's okay. You know, it happens. It happens. What I was asking is that uh, I was telling the audience that, you know, you own a jiu-jitsu school here in Mississauga, and uh, I wonder if you've heard anything about the, um, you know, reopening the school, and when do you see that happening? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little unique for us because we're so close to the Halton Peel border, but we do fall within Peel. So everything that's kind of reopening, we're phase two of the reopening. So um, as of Tuesday, uh, outside of, so pretty much like Hamilton, Wentworth, Halton, all those areas, they can open up to, I believe, what the, our PSO, um, Ontario Jiu-Jitsu, is saying is up to 10, 10 people in class, obviously distanced. Um, so I don't know, I don't know anything to answer your question, but, um, speculation wise, I think we're probably a month away. So, um, I think they're going to give us an extra month in, in Peel and in Toronto, kind of see what the, the opening of the outskirts of the GTHA are and then, uh, make a decision based on that. Do you think that the pendulum is going to swing the other direction in which we have kept people away from each other for so long that when the moment that they open this up, that there's going to be a surge of new business coming your way? Oh, hands down. We had a, a little pocket for a few weeks in between the waves where um, we were opened up in, in a red zone, obviously, and I, I never had so many calls before, for, especially from people who have never trained. So... Um, it, it's kind of two prong. I think there's there's the the sad fact that a lot of gyms in the in the GTA have closed down because they couldn't sustain through all of this. So yeah. I think there's going to be the the practitioners that have experience and have nowhere to go, um, and are looking to kind of um, sit down somewhere else or find another home. Uh, and then there's also just people who have really understood what the social factor 
is going through all of this. And, you know, that's one of the positive things I would say that has, that has happened is people realize how important the social factor is, mental health, physical activity, all those different variables. And, um, and that's where I see the influx coming. And, and based on those couple of weeks we're open between the waves, I think that's going to be the biggest demographic that's coming our way. You know, one of the one of the things that I have been struggling quite a bit, Toma, is with the fact that whenever you have an industrious person, male or female, it doesn't matter, and uh, you you deal with the public on a day to day basis, and uh, um, and you remove from this person their ability to release their aggressions, their frustrations. Uh, you know, in all that negative energy that sometimes the world has a funny way to make, you know, humans accumulate. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I've, I've always been pretty active. I mean, I owned a CrossFit gym for a very long time, as you know, and uh, uh, I've been in, involved with jujitsu for about four years now. And before then, I was in, you know, standing up fighting uh, systems. But whenever you remove from someone their ability to uh, that place, that safe haven to release those aggressions and frustrations, you know, it has a huge effect on the mental health of the people around us. Uh, have you noticed that with yourself and with some of your students? Oh, tremendously. I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. I, you, you know me, I'm a very active person, probably on the spectrum of ADD. And, um, you know, I'm a sales guy by day, jiu-jitsu guy by night. And, that is my release, right? That's that keeps me sane. That's where I go. That's my happy place on the mats. You know, it's, I call it my second family when I go there. Um, yeah, you know, there was before all of this happened. There's all this talk about the stigma and the mental health, and I never really understood it. Um, you know, just because I never felt that I felt it, but it, it's it's a thing. Like I mean, the you know for. 11 months, I went from being in an office job and traveling for work, going to the gym a couple days a week, and then at night going to jiu-jitsu a couple days a week, play hockey, play soccer, like, I mean, as active as you can be, and then you go polar opposite, right? So um, it's a huge shock to the system, and, you know, I talked to my wife, and some days I'm going squirrely, and she's like, you, you got to go for a drive, get out of here, like, it, it is... <laughs> It is. It's very different, and you know, it, it is funny, but it's it's a thing. Like if you look at the news, and obviously we we've all been listening to it probably too much, but um, you know, opioid um, overdoses in the last couple months have been higher than ever, and you know, all of the different like suicides, all of those things that are probably, you know, a tipping point because of some of the mental health issues that are happening. And I'm not saying that they're all correlated directly to this, but there definitely is a significance, right? So, you know, I guess long-winded answer to your point, it, it's affected me tremendously. I mean, I, I deal with it. I'll, I go do push-ups or, you know, whatever. I, I get in, ingrained in work or whatever that out is. But, you know, it, it's definitely talking to students and with myself it's a big gap in people's lives and it's a significant one. Well, uh, I can tell you that for people that, you know, we all have demons, right? We all need to deal with that, with the shadow, you know, according to Carl Jung and that's what they, he used to call it. And uh, when you confront yourself with the shadow, if, if there is no outlet, if there is no relief, there is no release, you know, inevitably they will, you know, the world would find a worse version of yourself and, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is such a huge catalyst in, in many, many people's lives, but I mean, mostly just 
physical activity that we are not allowed to make ourselves healthier. But, uh, you know, um, I, I'm super happy that you're only a month away from being able to reopen your doors, Tom. I, um, you know, my, you know, my thoughts go out to every single martial arts school owner and operator in the city and in southern Ontario and, you know, and around the country, uh, but also every gym owner <laughs> that has been um, victimized by, you know, COVID in, in ways that, I mean, this is the law of unintended consequences, right? Hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's interesting. Any, we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. You know, you can call anytime, Toma, and uh, whenever you guys are open up, let me know, and we'll make sure that to send you some business your way. But uh, thank you so much, and, and drive safe, uh, folks. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco show here on Saturday mornings. We leave it open for any sort of type of conversation that you want to have, and it's mostly about cars, but not so much. If you want to call us at 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Don't forget that this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And uh, for the month of February, uh, if you buy an Infinity from Oakville Infinity, you will have three months on us. So you literally don't have to make a payment until the month of May. We are the only car manufacturer providing this for you right now in this crazy, crazy times. So before you go anywhere to make a decision, you owe it to yourself to come down and see me. No commission is paid on your vehicle and no payments until May of this year. I don't know how else I can tell you. Come down. Come and see me. We'll look after you. Let's take a small break. When was the last time that you heard Edith Piaf in a sports station? This you isn't know? unusual bumper music. It's not. <laughs> Let's just say that. This is not a usual show. Yeah, that's you know, that's also for, true. For those of you that uh, know what I'm talking about, that's as close to an homage to Valentine's Day that I'm ever going to give on air. You know, I I visited her um, her tomb in Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris. It's a very interesting cemetery, Ken. You know. There is where you find Jim Morrison, Oscar Wilde, Edith Piaf. So many people in there. If anybody's ever had the plans or the intentions of going to Paris, that's where you go and check. Uh, but we. Have I, 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 I gotta be honest. If I was going to Paris, the cemetery is probably not the first place that I'd be heading, even if it uh, has a lot of notoriety. Let's go to. <laughs> is it Rob in Toronto? Rob, you're on the Greg Carrasco show. Oh, I think that we had Rob on the other side of the... Uh, oh, sorry. Is uh, Frank from North Frank. York? It's Frank from North York. Hey, Frank. How are you? Hey, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. It's Frank it's been a long again. time, uh, Frank. Yeah, it was a Mercedes that that old lady had, and it was the brake lights that, uh, that they uh, had a replace on it or something okay. for $7,000 or something. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty expensive repair, but uh, you, you had a comment about BMWs. Oh, my, yeah, mine. Uh, my son broke the mirror, the side mirror. Uh, and uh, I went to BMW just for the glass part, the mirror. They wanted $250 for it. That's pretty cheap, man. Just what for the mirror, not the... <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about, Frank? That's not very expensive. Ah, and by the way, because uh, I'm Italian, I watch the Italian news, and Fiat Chrysler... Uh, they merged with uh, Peugeot. 
by the way. That's, a, that's another you disaster. You know the French car, uh, <laughs> I, Peugeot? I know, the, I, know, I know the French car. That's another disaster. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, they're not too you, reliable you, either. You, yeah. you keep putting lipstick on a pig, you know, you, still a pig. But thank you so much for the phone call, Frank. I really appreciate, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, I think technical <laughs> producer Ben liked that one. <laughs> What, about the lipstick? Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he had a very animated reaction in the studio when you uh, <laughs> when you made that expression. He's still laughing about it, actually. You know, we haven't been able to get through the 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 top four worst cars and car brands with drivers. Number four, according to Jalovnik, is Subaru WRX STIs. You know, there are many mature WRX owners out there, but some Subaru enthusiasts can't help themselves from driving like expletives you know the, this was the sti was oh, like yep. the first car that i really really wanted to drive when wow. i was younger when i was 17 18 years old i just uh, loved the car i loved the all-wheel drive you know the manual oh. manual transmission it just looks so sleek the blue with the spoiler i had a couple of friends yeah. that had them and they immediately proceeded to wrap them around trees because <laughs> there's way too much horsepower for a 17 year old kid okay. You know, there are many uh, of those STI drivers that can't help themselves from, you know, not driving so responsibly. And that this leads to more than the occasional high speed traffic and dissection, according to the article here. You know, I, I had one for a little bit. I think I had one for about a week, Ken. It was, uh, it was the blue with the big spoiler. That's a little and, bit. Uh, yeah, I felt the car was violent. Like I, I couldn't drive normally. If the car was asking me, I couldn't help myself. The car was saying, please, please, please drive like an idiot. Please do it. And, you know, I had no willpower. So I had to get rid of it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that was a Subaru WRX STI. Yeah, super, one, super popular on the rally circuit as well. Sorry, go ahead. It is. And the number three uh, vehicle with the worst drivers are Ferraris. You know, this is no surprise here. You know, maybe because Ferraris are the first supercars rich people can buy and they simply don't know how to handle the power or maybe because ferraris attract a specific type of buyer either way it's like the bmw on steroids i feel like ferrari drivers more than steroids but uh, you know either way we're getting pretty the 458s crashed into a wall uh, but you know you see them all the time especially with new uh, Ferrari drivers, they, they simply don't know how to handle the power. You know, that's one of the reasons why I don't think that I would ever be able to drive a high-power rear-wheel drive car. I, I'm not that good. <laughs> you know, I, I've been driving for a long time, and I'd like to think that I'm a pretty good driver, but uh, when, when you get yourself into, you know, I have a, a Corvette Z06 in the, um, in the Infinity showroom. This vehicle has got over 600 horsepower. This, this is so stupid. It's unnecessary. This car is so loud and so fast. Uh, you know, I took it around the corner and, and the back end was coming loose on fourth gear. This is it's insane. Why would anybody need that sort of power? And uh, this vehicle is sitting in my showroom there. If, if you're into Corvettes, um, I'm not. But if you're into Corvettes, that is one. Uh, that piece belongs in a museum because I've never seen a vehicle that is that clean uh, 12,000 kilometers um, I have a folder with all the documents and all the things that were done to it the guy was a complete nerd and uh, he bought my g-wagon remember that I was driving a g-wagon for a little while 
Yeah, yeah, I recall. You see, this is a perfect segue because number two in the vehicle that has the absolute worst drivers is the Mercedes G-Wagon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, I see what you did there. And, and again, is that uh, we have to draw the comparable. Are you a bad driver, Greg? Is, it, is that why it's uh, high up on the list here? I, I think I'm an assertive driver. I, I'm not, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I, I'm All assertive. Right. I know where I'm going and I want to get there fast. Uh, and uh, I don't mess around. I mean, you know, being on the highway, I, I got places to go and things to do. I'm busy, man. I'm busy. But anyways, it's, it's either a four foot nine uh, uh, lady driving it or it's some bro that weaves through the lanes and blinds other drivers with the Chrome 22s and the G-Wagon. But uh, it seems like the G-Wagon doesn't have the best reputation for good drivers up there. And, you know, it's, it's funny because when I was uh, when I was working for Thornhill Hyundai in Richmond, Hill Hyundai. I was I was driving up and down Young Street from Steeles all the way up to uh, Elgin Mills, and uh, that's all you see on Young Street. Some white or gray G wagon, you know, zooming up and down Young Street, creating havoc uh, between the lanes of traffic. But uh, you see that very often. Um, should we give the uh, the number one and worst uh, type of vehicles with the worst drivers here, according to Jalopnik now, or should we go for a small break? What do you think, Ken? Uh, we can give it now. We've got a little bit more time before we have to take the second break. We had a short first segment. That's awesome. So according to Jalopnik, folks, the absolute worst drivers choose to drive, drum roll, the Lexus RX the Lexus RX seems to grab all the worst drivers it can. The readers of this magazine or this blog, they find them both distracted and aggressive. And that there was no two ways about this. You know, the, uh, the, the writer of this article says that these folks who drive the Lexus RX are their own, his own personal nemesis. Whenever there was an awkward gap in traffic, you know, someone trying to, uh, you know, trying up the or tying up the left lane or going 10 kilometers under the speed limit, you know, just just to keep the flow of traffic going. If you look at if you look at it far back enough, you will find yourself a Lexus RX, which is interesting because I always thought that it was the gold Corollas that did that. You know, the, there is an actual, uh, you know, the now that's effect. a sweet gold Corolla. <laughs> There is a, there is a, a theory in the butterfly effect that uh, if you trace back every single accident on the road to the person that started, you will always, 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 inevitably will find a gold Corolla. Is that a gold Corolla? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> you know, Ben, by the time we're all said and done, everybody's going to be complaining that I hate gold Corollas. I actually don't. I do think that... Uh, if you um, if you're single and you want to remain celibate, it's the perfect uh, vehicle for you. Or if you um, if you want to buy one and you are not one of those people that like to comply with the language of the road, because uh, you know there is a language that there is out there. You know stop signs, lights, you know speed limits and whatnot. And you uh, you're one of those people that don't recognize that that you don't recognize the authority of the system to tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Uh, and you want to have a vehicle that essentially screams that out. You can also drive yourself a gold Corolla, uh, because that's uh, that seems to be, uh, in my opinion, anyways, the vehicle that ultimately creates creates all the problems. Uh, we have another call here from uh, from Toronto, Angelo. Angelo's on the line. Is he there, uh, Ken? Yeah, Angelo, you're on the Greg Carrasco show. Hi. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call, guys. Oh, no um, problem, man. How how can we help you this morning? 
Got a, a bit of an off-the-wall question. There's a lot of uh, gaining energy with the EV sector, and uh, everything seems to be heading or geared towards heading towards electronic vehicles. And you were talking about these supercars. Uh, are we going to see an added, um, like, I guess, investment uh, value to them being a gas-guzzling supercar that, you know, people may want to collect down the road? Uh, I don't know about that. What, what do you mean? Like, if you if you have a car that's bad on gas consumption, that is going to be a collector item down the line? No, no. So you're saying, like, the, the Corvette, right, is very powerful. Um, we may not see that down the road anymore with the EV vehicles. So will people oh, want to hold on to that power, that, that collector's car? Yeah, I guess. I, guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand that whole Corvette culture, but uh, I can tell you it is a thing. Uh, you know, there are people that collect these things in ways that you could never imagine. Uh, you know, in that brief stint that I had with Chrysler and Dodge, I mean, guys buying the Challenger uh, is, is something that I've never seen. I mean, buying the, uh, uh, the Demon or uh, what was the other one? The Hellcat? The Hellcat uh, was the I mean, one. Yeah, the Hellcat was the one. You know, I had... Um, I had a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, which is quite possibly n not only the most fun uh, experience that I've ever had really driving an SUV, but it was also the most ridiculous because I felt that that car was actively trying to murder me. It was such an explosive thing <laughs> that I, I, I couldn't really explain it. Now, some people like that idea of spending their money with the acceleration power of seven, eight, nine hundred horsepower. You know, the truth is this, man. The, you know... Depending on the type of vehicle that you drive in, the, the fun only happens under acceleration. And by the time you get to 100 kilometers an hour, you're breaking the law anyway. So, you know, most of the fun that you get in those collector items, uh, Angelo, is under three seconds. Uh, <laughs> if, if it's not that, then you have to take it to a, a track or you, you need to go to a specific place for you to enjoy the car. I don't think that you can really maximize your enjoyment of a supercar on, on city streets, do you? Well, you know, sometimes the best three and a half seconds I've ever given uh, were pretty good. That's what she said. Oh, no. Oh, no. You went there, Ken. So. <laughs> but, you know, if, 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 you, um, if that's the sort of thing that, 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 that drives you, I mean, if, if you've ever used the launch control on a GTR, for example, uh, within 2.8 seconds, you know, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing that you've ever felt. Uh, you know, you're, it's like all your internal organs you just get stuck to the, you know, the back of your spine. It's the, it's the weirdest thing that happened. But, I mean, saying that and spending that kind of money on vehicles that have that sort of power, I don't, um, I don't know if it's a thing. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Angelo. Um, are you a Corvette guy, Ken? Thanks, Angelo. Uh, I think that for pounds for pounds, dollar for dollar, that probably that's one of the best on the market as far as horsepower that you're going to get for value for your money. But I don't know. I, I, I like the car. I, I don't love the car. I find the styling, like, it's it looks nice. Like, obviously, the under the hood, it's got a ton of horsepower if you're a fan of the American muscle. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm kind of indifferent to the Corvette, if like overall. You know, they've never done anything for me. Um, you know, when when this guy traded it in at our store, um, you know, he traded in two vehicles. He was a full size Ram pickup truck that was I don't know worth like ninety thousand dollars or something crazy. Don't quote me on that. 
uh, and it was this Corvette. Uh, he used those two vehicles to trade in for the G-Wagon, which I thought it was a fair trade. But, um, you know, we, we've had that Corvette in the showroom, and literally you can eat off the, the, the front carpet because it was, you know, it was seldom used. And people that drive those exotic vehicles that collect them, they will put maybe 1,000 kilometers a year, maybe 2,000 in a good season, but they don't drive them very much. No, you just like drive never... it in, like in the summertime, go out for a nice spin. Like you're not necessarily putting a ton of miles on it. It's mostly just going to be, you know, on the weekends, you're waxing it up and polishing it up in the garage, right? Yeah, you know, one of, one of my most respected uh, people on the planet for me and, and a mentor in the car business, Gary Bowman. He's a Corvette guy. I think he has a 1974 Corvette and I, he just bought a 1990-something convertible. So he has two of them now. And um, I, I don't, I mean, I appreciate that somebody has the, the, the you know, the proclivity to uh, to buy those things or the, uh, the desire to own a bunch of Corvettes, but I don't, um, you know, I'm more of a, if, if I had to go old school, I would have to go with the old Mustang, I would say I prefer that shape than than the vet. Yeah, and I prefer uh, I prefer the Challenger. I prefer the Camaro. Um, when we're talking about contemporaries, as far as their styling to the Corvette, and yeah. so kind of in that same echelon. But yeah, I don't know the Corvette. Uh, I understand why people love it and why it has such a following. It's been an iconic car for so long. But for me, it's just I don't know. It's it doesn't doesn't get it, get it going for me. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't do it for me either. I um, I I had um, we we got a, a challenger that came in a little while ago on a trade-in at our store. It was a 2010. It had about 150,000 kilometers. Um, you know, it was it was ruined with a bunch of stickers and whatnot. And uh, I decided, you know, maybe I'm gonna buy this this car for myself. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it up and keep it. So uh, I kept it behind. Um, um, I got it painted. There was there was a lot of rust in the rear wheel well, which I, I was really surprised how advanced the rust was on a 2010 uh, Dodge product. Um, but uh, we sent it to the body shop. We, we fixed it. We masked the paint. Uh, we got some new wheels on it. We removed all the stickers because you can. Uh, we removed it all. And uh, we, we did a full detail, a tint job, and it looked pretty, you know, it, it's a nice looking vehicle. I'm a big fan of that, of that body style, that shape. It looks so beautiful. It's just that it's a little larger for a sports car. So I never really understood how you can get that sort of performance on a vehicle that is that size. Um, but, uh, you know, if I, if I had to buy one, that would probably add, if I go into antiques, uh, into really old vehicles, I would have to say that I would still stick with the Challenger. They are phenomenal-looking vehicles back from 1969 and 72 and whatnot. But um, a 1969 Mustang is probably the best-looking classic car, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen it, Ken, but... Uh, those things were a work of art. Well, that's what uh, they designed. Some... That's what they designed the newer ones after, right? Kind of like I know it's not the same thing, but when they did the redesign, because they kind of had that like late '90s, early 2000s Mustang, which was kind of getting away from the original look of the car, and then when they redesigned it now, they sort of tried to go back to that, you know, classic like '60s, early '70s look, right? They did, uh, except that the. The 1969 Mustang was a smaller vehicle, and uh, you know I'm not a big guy. And uh, whenever you get into this, there is there is a different experience that happens when you drive a vehicle that is that old with a four-speed manual transmission and the torque that is generated by those engines back in the day. But it's the feel is a. Uh, you know, the creaks, the squeaks, you feel it. The body torsion is all there. You know, it's, 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 it's certainly not 
a comfortable drive. It's not a, um, you know, when I say comfort, I'm, I'm not talking about a pleasing drive, but there is something about the experience that you have when you get into one of these classic cars that you cannot get out of anything. And, you know, the only thing I can say to you folks is this, that if you are into this whole idea or the whole culture of collecting old cars, you got to drive them, man. It's the same thing with watches. Some people just buy watches and keep it in the box. They leave the stickers on and, and, the, <laughs> and the sale tag on the actual watch and they never wear them because they're hoping that one day the thing is going to go up in price and, uh, and ultimately get your money out and make some profit. But that's not the reason why, you know, people should collect like things i at least in my opinion you know if you're going to have a piece of art with you why wouldn't you want to wear it or drive it why wouldn't you want to and it's um it's something that you see all the time in this do you collect anything ken no i'm not a big collector i'm actually the opposite of a collector i just get rid of things like i don't have a whole lot of keepsakes really like i've got basically what i can fit into my bedroom and then one box otherwise Everything else is just like I, I have like furniture and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. I don't really like I, I don't collect things. I'm not a big memorabilia person. It just I, I don't know. It's it just creates clutter for me, and I don't prefer clutter. I prefer it to be a more organized environment. Yeah, but you only you only thing he collects with hoarding, huh? Well, only thing Ken collects is the kneecaps of the roommates he doesn't get along with. <laughs> oh. oh, it sounds like the coach of the Detroit Lions. Anyways, that's a that's a reference. <laughs> Some of them fighting words. You know, let's go for a small break, folks. You're listening to the, to the great Carrasco show here on uh, TSN 1050. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show. If you have anything to say this morning, call us 416-870-1050. And don't forget the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople and don't forget that if you service your vehicle at one of my two stores any brand whatever you're driving just come down book an appointment you will not have to pay the hst for the entire month of february don't pay taxes if you don't have to and that's what happens when you service your vehicle at oakville nissan and oakville infinity will be right back after and we are back you are listening to canada's largest automotive radio show whether you like it or not and that's okay uh, the number to call is 416-870-1050, and we've talked about all sorts of different things today, and hopefully we kept your att attention longer than um, most other shows that you find in the AM dial on Saturday mornings. And uh, the show is about you, um, you know, and it's brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, which is where I live. And uh, if you want to come and see me, I will try to give you as straightforward advice as I can. Very simple. Uh, who do we have on the line? Marcus from uh, Middleport, New York. Yeah, really? south of the Marcus. border. Marcus, you're on the Greg Carrasco show. Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, gentlemen? Very well, um, thank you. What, what would be a good recommendation for a replacement car? I got a, um, I got an old Honda Accord. It, um, it's a two, it's a 2004. Um, okay. Uh, V6. Uh, it gets a V6 engine and it's just a two door. And I'm looking yep. for a car replacement without costing a whole lot of money and without um, getting these, um, what do you call these, thunder chickens on the road. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Thunder I chicken? Now. Do you need? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you were talking about these high-performance cars they got. They're overpowered, yeah. like the Subarus and stuff. I'm looking for something more um, tame. Well, this is what I can tell you. Uh, if you've been driving an Accord Coupe, uh, you want to keep it roughly the same size, but you want to have some additional perks. 
you know, I would strongly mm. recommend that you look at the new Altima. They redesigned the new Altima, and it now comes standard with the all-wheel drive, but they give you the 2.5-liter engine. Uh, it right. does really, really, really well in, in fuel consumption. Uh, one of my sales managers, uh, my general sales manager, actually, and hopefully the guy that ultimately will take my job, um, he drives one, and uh, he's getting close to 800 kilometers. I don't know. You guys use miles on there, so I don't know what the conversion is, but close to 800 mm -hmm. kilometers out of a full tank. Uh, it's got right. the full of power, and uh, it's a beautiful machine, and it's a lot less expensive than you think. So uh, mm -hmm. from a reliability standpoint, they're quite comparable, and I would ask you to, to look at that. I would also look at the, um, uh, the Subaru Legacy. Um, phenomenal cars, a little pricier than the Altima. Mm -hmm. I would look at the new Camry. I believe the new Camry also comes with, um, uh, with all-wheel drive. And, um, and the Sonata, the Hyundai Sonata. Uh, it's a beautiful mm -hmm. vehicle to look at. That's my personal opinion, but uh, it's a beautiful vehicle to look at, and they're reasonably priced. They're significantly less than the equivalent Honda product. So, you know, right there you have a bunch of different options, and, uh, you know, since you've experienced the reliability of uh, Japanese, I encourage you to look at, you know, Japanese and Korean cars. They're phenomenal mm -hmm. value for the money, uh, Marcus. All right, all right. I have one more, qu okay. I have one more question quicker. Yeah, make it quick. Uh, the auto industry today, like you guys were talking, why did they breed to sold out the cars? Like you say, the, the 69 Mustang. Uh, those muscle, uh, I never had a car like that, but I had uh, the Chrysler product. Uh, just a, It was a Dodge Dart with a 360 and a four-barrel in there. That was an interesting car. <laughs> uh, you know, I can tell you why. It's because people are so sensitive these days, and nobody wants to take a chance. Nobody wants to see attitude, and cars are attitude. You know, they had a soul back in the day. You got into the vehicle, and you knew that you were doing something that you sh probably shouldn't be doing whenever you got into one of those cars. But today, we just want to make everyone happy, and that's the problem. You know, I think that, and, and that's one of the biggest problems that I think that Honda, you know, made because they got rid of all sorts of cool cars that they used to have, like the Prelude, for example. You remember that thing? The Honda Prelude was a classic, and uh, you know they don't make vehicles like that anymore. Uh, it, it's, it's very, very unfortunate. That's one of the reasons why people like to stick to classics. But then again, thank you so much, Marcus, for calling from New York. Let's talk to who do we talk to next? Let's uh, go to Ram, Ram from Waterloo, our last caller of the day. Ram, we're sneaking in under the radar here. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot for taking my show. It's a great show as usual. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. How can we help you? Um, I would be retiring in about two months' time. Oh, so congratulations. <laughs> thank you. So presently we've got two cars, and I'm driving a 2016 NX200T. Okay. So I like to downsize that somehow, mainly because of the price of gas, and we don't drive a lot at all. What would you recommend? Okay. Um, well, there's a couple of different versions. Do you want to stay within the utility vehicles? I would because of some knee problems, yeah. Okay, so you know, here's a couple of recommendations for you. The Hyundai, Hyundai Kona. Right. Are you writing this down? Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, the Hyundai, Hyundai Kona. Kona yeah. The Honda um, HRV. Uh -huh, HRV. The Toyota CHR. And if you go to Nissan, you need to look at the Qashqai or the Han, uh, the Nissan Kicks. Uh, the Nissan Kicks. Those, that, that's one I was looking at, honestly. Well, that's, uh, that's the one that you really want to look at. The price is insanely low. You put a set of snow tires on it, and that thing is going to be a little tank for you to boot around. And um, uh, what I can tell you is that you know the deals that they have on this vehicle right now is something that I haven't seen coming from Nissan in a while. 
Uh, so if you want to come down and see me, I'm at Oakville Nissan here, and I will deal with you personally because you are a listener of the show, and uh, we'll get you taken care of. But if you want to downsize, that's what you might want to do. Oh, yes, because I did reach out to you concerning Mike the Money Man, and yeah. that, that was a great, uh, you had led me in a great direction there. You know, uh, it's amazing how many people are calling Money Mike uh, when he's not on, the, on uh, with me here. There are so many people that have they're sitting on some money there and they don't know what to do with it or they're not happy with their financial advisor. And Money Mike looks after all my stuff. So if you want to call Money Mike, it's 905-320-6762. That's his number. Shout out to Money Mike. Uh, but uh, Ram, I, I really hope that you make the right decision. Come and see me and hopefully um, you know, everything works out. Okay? Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Ram, and congrats on that uh, and the retirement. I don't know if I'm ever going to retire, Ken. I don't know if I could. You're a workaholic. Uh, no, I don't know if I'm a workaholic as much as I'd like to stay productive. I don't understand people that just sit at home doing nothing, expecting the world to take care of them. I don't understand this. Is a, you know, if I if I had to find a way to describe hell, that would probably be it. Um, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. I, I need to. I need to make myself, you know, productive. I every every day I get up in a panic, thinking that rent is due and uh, I need to pay it today, and somebody's going to come and collect. And um, I don't. Uh, I, it's, it's it's what drives me. You know, my um, uh, my mental coach calls it sublimation. <laughs> I can supplement my way into productivity, at, you know, in the most interesting times. But uh, no, I don't know if I could ever retire. I mean, I like the idea of, you know, at some point just. You might feel differently. You might feel differently down the road, though. Let's not rule anything out know. here. But I'm, I'm with you, though. Like I'm consistently on the move doing something. If it's not a project at home, it's like I'm here. If I'm not here, I'm at the brewery. It's like. Basically, like I'm doing something seven days a week. I have a podcast that I do on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday mornings. Like there's always something going on. And I have also have a difficult time really when I do have time to just put my feet up, like actually relaxing. I always feel like there's something else that I could be getting into to, in, I don't know, just be productive and improve the overall day-to-day -day life. Um, I don't, um, I think it's a, there, there's only two types of people in the world. One that comes with batteries included and the other ones that don't, you know, I, uh, you know, my batteries were overcharged. I, you know, I feel that one day the batteries are just going to go and that will be the end of me. But, uh, uh, it's something that I have never been able to stop. I have this, I live my life furiously. I don't, um, I don't like to take any breaks at all. I, I have a really tough time settling down. Even when I don't turn my alarm on in the morning, it happens. But anyways, folks, if you like what you heard today, I, we try to keep you entertained with a little humor, with a little information, uh, with some opinions. Um, if you want to translate all this into you having probably one of the best car buying experiences of your life, find me. Wherever I am, find me because I will make sure that that happens for you. And uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is where I live these days. And uh, my crew is an amazing group of people and the offers that we have normally on price and in deals, we can't even tell you on the radio because, you know, people listen to this and I get in trouble and I don't want to get in trouble. So I don't even talk about selling cars for lower prices anymore because that's the quickest way to get myself, uh, you know, my, my wrist slapped. So don't forget that this show is brought to you by Oakville Infinity and Oakville Nissan. And you all know why there is something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. Something's happening here!